When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Family, friends, and dignitaries gather in Memphis to mourn the death and celebrate the life of Tyree Nichols. Vice President Kamala Harris delivered an impassioned speech. We mourn with you. And the people of our country mourn with you. Breaking news, get on a bus or get moving. That is a message from the city to a group of asylum seekers who have slept on a sidewalk for three nights. NYPD officers descend upon the asylum seekers encampment Wednesday night outside the Watson Hotel in Hell's Kitchen, ordering them to pack up their things from the sidewalk and leave. Very classy send-off from Tom Brady, who retires February 1st, 2023, the same day that he announced his retirement one year ago. The difference is this time in that video, Tom Brady says it's quote unquote for good. And I believe him. And I think others believe him. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I want change and faith. Love you all. Up 10 years, $375 million. That's what Tom Brady's got waiting for him as an NFL analyst on Fox. 10 years, $375 million. Sometimes when folks retire, you spend days and weeks and months trying to figure out what will they do next. And what's going to happen is next year, every time a big-time quarterback gets hurt, Every time some team all of a sudden needs a quarterback, they're going to mention Tom Brady. The difference is he ain't going to be in Kiln, Mississippi, drinking himself some moonshine like Brett Favre, just waiting to come back. Tom Brady will make $375 million over 10 years working for Fox. 
So he know what he's going to do next. In fact, uh, a little conversation yesterday when uh, Andrew was here about the possibility that this year, the Super Bowl now less than two weeks away, Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix, Arizona, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, that game will be on Fox. And Fox's number one team right now is Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. And somebody brought up, you think Tom Brady will be part of that team in two weeks, being he's going to Fox, making a smooth transition. And I forget it was. Somebody said, no, that's never going to happen. He's not, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I don't care. But I can tell you this, Tom Brady, he is the next big voice, big face on Fox, and he's done. So a lot of stories to get to. The migrants are gone. The city has cleared out the migrants, camped outside the Watson Hotel. That's a huge story. The debt ceiling showdown between Kevin McCarthy and President Joe Biden. Governor Hochul proposing a $227 billion budget, which includes $1 billion for the migrants. The migrant issue, I should say, here in New York City. She's asking for the same billion Mayor Eric Adams asked for a couple of weeks ago. The numbers came out yesterday. The approval rating for Mr. Adams is not very good. It's uh, lousy, in fact. Bad numbers for Mayor Eric Adams, and he's a friend of mine. He really is. We spoke yesterday. Short conversation via text. It is clear that I'm rooting for him. I meet him for dinner every now and then. I I have no issue texting him when I see something I don't like or like. But I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, the facts are the facts, and the numbers are are really, really poor. New Yorkers continue to pivot and shift. Yeah, I guess you're going to have to, Eric, because the numbers are. New Yorkers are not very happy with Eric Adams, and that's just a statistical fact at this point. So I did uh, text the mayor. Asked him to come on and talk about that. We'll see if he does or doesn't. That's another big story, obviously. Nikki Haley expected to announce she's running for president. Of course, as President Trump always does, he took a shot at her. (laughs) Ron DeSantis, disloyal. Nikki Haley, same thing. He's just unbelievable, Donald Trump. Nikki has to follow her heart, not her honor. She should definitely run. So Ron DeSantis runs. He's disloyal. Nikki Haley runs. She's dishonorable. I mean, come on, folks. All you Trump supporters out there, you Trump apologists. I'm a Trump supporter. I am not a Trump apologist. And I guess some guy, Tony, on Instagram and others who get angry with me, I got to tell you, you people make me nauseous. You really do. You make me nauseous. I mean, I understand he's the only hope to kind of shut up. I'm begging you all to shut up. He's not the only hope. He's the best. I want him to win. He's not the only hope. The country will be fine if DeSantis wins or Haley or Scott, any one of those fine Republicans will be fine. We'll be fine. This Trump is an idiot. He's an idiot. No one's allowed to run against him. I mean, he really wakes up every day like he's John Gotti. Like he's he's the godfather. You know, don't run against me or or else. Or else what? Fat orange-haired doofus. Or else what? I'll run against your fat ass. And again, I want him to win. 
Well, you're. I, I don't know what where you are. <laughs> I tell you where I am. I'm honest. You're pivoting, I'm honest. Pivoting and shifting. No, is... I'm honest. Okay. I want him to win, and every time he opens his mouth about DeSantis and Haley, first of all, he looks intimidated. Why would he give a rat's ass if Nikki Haley runs? Is Nikki Haley going to beat Donald Trump? Of course not. Wish her luck and move on. I mean, come on. Listen, I'm critical of a lot of folks I love. I yell at my kids every once in a while. Just a couple of days ago, I said, Gabriel, what you did today was stupid. Does that mean I don't love him? I love him to death. He's my angel. I'm a great father. But every now and then, we're critical of the people we love most. And I love Trump, and I want him to win. But he's an idiot. I'm sorry. So that story is uh, that story's out there. But I will tell you that last night, on a personal note, you know, I'm still living in this hotel. And every day becomes more and more difficult. You know, again, I, Danielle's past the point of getting angry at me because I wake her up every day. But I don't wake her up anymore since we moved the hotel rooms. While I'm getting ready, I wake her up every morning when I leave the room because if you stay in hotels, you realize when you shut the door, any hotel room, even the nicest hotels in the world, for some reason, when you shut the door, it's the loudest loudest thing you've ever heard in your life. And, you know, I stand there and I try to do it really gently. Takes me three minutes sometimes to shut the door. And inevitably, when that lock hits, everything shakes. Wake up! Thank you, Mr. Levin. And she wakes up. And I know that because every morning, my beautiful wife will send out an Instagram post on our charity website for dyspraxia, inspired by Gabriel. So I see this great Instagram post. And folks, I want you all to follow today. Do us a favor, will you? You've heard Gabriel on this show many times. You always shower me with uh, these beautiful adulation and compliments when Gabriel comes on. You love my son. I love that about you, folks. Go follow our charity, please. The Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD. So I see this uh, beautiful post in the morning, which I know she puts up, Danielle. I know she's awake, so I'll call her. Sometimes she'll send me a story in the New York Post. Like this morning, she sent me a story about some New Jersey councilwoman that was murdered outside her house yesterday. And then I'll call her go, okay, you're up. I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, 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 fine. I'm going to work out. I'm going to the office. She's back in Garden City. I'm going to be in court. Whatever it is she's going to do for the day. And that's how our day starts. So the hotel experience is still rough, even though it's convenient and the people there are really lovely. And I become, they love me there. They live in my family. They love so last night, the next, uh, the next move in this move to finally get back to my house in Queens sometimes this summer is the insurance company is going to move us from a hotel to our own apartment for about four months. So last night we went to see the apartment. I can't tell you exactly where it is because you're crazy people. But I will tell you, it's a very lovely, spacious, two-bedroom, two-bath, walk-in closets, terrace on the water in Battery Park. And the bedroom, I will tell you, I was there last night about 6 o'clock, is all windows on the water with a spectacular, breathtaking view. I mean, really pretty. 
So the good news is, is that the hotel situation is almost coming to an end. We're still weeks away because I guess the tenants that live in that Battery Park building are there till about Feb 15. Then they got to clean it, furnish it before me, Danielle, and Gabe can move in. So a couple of weeks away still, but it is a gorgeous place. And Battery Park is a, is a really nice area, you know. In fact, uh, Andrew Giuliani lives there. Not far from where I'm actually going to be staying. So that was fun last night. Just the thought of being in a space bigger than one room. I mean, I live in a, in a pretty big house in Queens. And to all of a sudden go to one room. I mean, the reason why we left the Upper West Side was we lived in a small apartment. Well, that Upper West Side apartment is about five times the size of my hotel room. So this is really difficult. But, uh, again, uh, the evolution continues, and it looks like we'll be in Battery Park in a couple of weeks. It's a a doorman, a restaurant downstairs, indoor and outdoor swimming pool. I mean, it is. The amenities are outrageous. So we're excited about that, I guess. I don't know. I was In the past, doesn't your alarm wake people up? Which alarm? alarm? Don't don't you have an alarm to get up? So what happens is, it's funny you say that. Okay. So the alarm is is on my phone, okay? Yes. So I set the alarm, let's say, for 3.15 a.m. And the phone is in the bed with me because I would say out of every 100 days, 99 out of those 100 days, I get up at 3 o'clock before the alarm goes off. Yes. I shut the alarm off. I lay in bed for five minutes and get up. Maybe once in 100 days, I sleep, the alarm goes off, and then it goes, get up, your alarm is going off. So my body is conditioned to wake up before, and I'm scared to death. That's why. Yeah, I'm scared to death. So I, I sleep with the phone. So if I post something on Instagram, every time somebody likes it, the phone buzzes. So all night long, I'm laying next to my phone. It's buzzing, it's buzzing, it's buzzing. I can't sleep. But at least I know this. The alarm is not going to go off and wake up Danielle. But doesn't the buzzing? No, but no. for some reason, she's on the other side of the bed, and she doesn't feel the buzzing. But it keeps me up all night. But I, I and nothing I can do about it, because if the alarm goes off, I get yelled at. So yeah, It's just some existence, huh, bro? Yeah, it's a great. It's a conundrum, <laughs> that's for certain. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Why don't you just have one of us call you? Why don't we just ring the door? No, because if you do that, then it's going to buzz even louder, or yeah, there'll be some type of... I didn't think that. It, the whole thing is idea. just, it, it, it's, it's, it's a horror show. So, like, for example, back home in Queens, and this is when you really hit old person status, when we moved in, she bought new beds. So we've got those beds that you, you actually sleep in your own bed, and we have remote controls, and we can raise the head and the feet, and it vibrates and it heats. I mean, the good news is you can actually put the beds at even side. Like, if you want to have sex, for example... We have all the, the heads down, the feet yeah. are down. Yeah, could you just describe this in great detail for us? <laughs> <laughs> so it works out great. But if you just want to go to bed, then I, I could have my head elevated. I could have my feet elevated. It vibrates. It heats. And whenever I get up to go to the bathroom, for example, she doesn't know because I'm in a completely different bed. And we did that on purpose because I pee like four times a night because I'm old and I'm dying. And every time I get up to go pee, I wake her up. Wow. I mean, do you understand what's going on here, bro? Yeah, you're going to be ready for activity time <laughs> at 11 a.m. at the home. <laughs> already. 
For those of you who need yeah. the bathroom, it's over on the no, left. No, that's what she says. I'm like, Danielle, do you see what great shape I'm in? I got the body of a 20-year-old. I'm in great shape. Yeah, but the existence of an 85-year-old. I know. That's what she says. You may look good, but you're minutes away from shuffleboard in Delray Beach. Minutes away. Hey, a movie today. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, hopefully we get the uh, those tenants out. They clean it up quickly, and we move... And move into Battery Park, and it's all going to be great. So the uh, the guest list today is actually really, really good. It's going to be a great show today. Ron and Santa's going to stop by at 640. You know, the Fed hiked interest rates again another quarter of a point. So we'll talk to Ronnie and Santa about the debt ceiling showdown between Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden, the latest Fed increase, inflation, the economy, all that good stuff. Coming up at 740. He's here every Thursday, the judge, Andrew Napolitano. Coming up at 825, I love this segment now. It's brand new, and that is the Mr. News leader, Noam Layden. He comes on with a story every day at 825. The segment of the week in terms of ratings, nothing beats it. Sid and Bill O'Reilly, that's coming up at 840. Bo Deedle, he makes appearances now twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Bo will be in studio coming up at 9.05 this morning. And then, believe it or not, just yesterday, just yesterday, Joe Biden said COVID's over. <laughs> He's an idiot. Yesterday. Been over for years. That's a relief. Thank God he said that. Thank God. Whoa. So Dr. Mark Siegel from Fox News will talk about that. Coming up at 925, plus again, all the sports, Tom Brady's retirement, previewing Super Bowl 57, the Nets. You know, I put that on for about five seconds last night, Phil. I put it on, I swear to God, and I thought I saw something. I thought I was watching something else. It said Boston Celtics 27, Brooklyn Nets 4. Yeah, the score was like 46 to 13 in the first quarter. They're down <laughs> by 30 happened? in the first quarter. I know that Kevin Durant is out, but Kyrie Irving was keeping them in every game. They were winning games. Yeah, but you can't do that against the Boston Celtics. They're too this good, is, right? Too good. All right, so the, uh, the Nets were back in action. The Knickerbockers back in action tonight. Corey Zelnick is killing me. I know he was here yesterday, and I'm thrilled to hear that. I think John Katz and Matidis used Corey for something, and they should use Corey Zelnick more here. He's really smart, he's glib, he's a real estate mogul, handsome. So they should use him even more. But um, I need Nick tickets for Gabriel, and it's been three years since that heat game against Dwayne Wade. So come on, Zelnick. Did you see him yesterday? Yeah, he was here. How come you didn't tell me about it? Well, because it was at like 3 p.m. You were gone for like 12 hours at that point. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to, what, are you going to come back? How many times are the Knicks at the Garden this week now? Uh, tonight, uh, Heat, I'll be there. Right. Saturday. Clippers. Clippers. Sunday. Uh... So you're talking about three, Sixers. three home games. Oh, my son loves the Sixers. He loves Harden and Embiid. Three Nick home games in the next five days. Yeah, and I think Monday it's Knicks-Nets again, I think, in the Garden this oh time. Oh, my God. So between Corey Zelnick, Dr. Mark Siegel, Bill O'Reilly, all these guys, somebody's getting me and Gabe Nick tickets, yes? Uh, well, I'd hope so. All right. 8-4. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. A great guest list today on this the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Reimagine the team around the big three, Steph, Jamin, and Kyle. Uh, you guys are so incredible. Howard Jones. Keep this playing, Lewis. Yesterday was um, Tyree Nichols' funeral. Let me just say one thing, though, about one of the ads you just heard running, John Katsimatidis. My uh, dear friend in Boston, of course, does uh, two great shows, Cats at Night, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon, the Cats Roundtable, 8 a.m. every Sunday morning. He was talking specifically about living on the ocean, and I certainly agree. That's why we bought the house in Bell Harbor, to get very, we're very close uh, to the ocean. But uh, to his point about his Ocean Drive Towers in Coney Island, I've stayed there. In fact, I've got my own keys to apartment 22A. <laughs> Still have them, and it is a beautiful building. Talking about the amenities in uh, Battery Park, everything is brand new in Coney Island. Great gym. I mean, a beautiful state-of-the-art gym. And then right downstairs, when I stayed there uh, last summer, they've got this. uh, He's closed now, but opens when the weather gets nice. They've got, like, basically, it's like a Nathan's Luncheonette. They serve Nathan's Knishes. Nathan's hot dogs. Oh, it's the best. Oh, Nathan's. Lou, right downstairs. Now I'm going to move. I would come down from the apartment, get myself a Kanish or a hot dog, and sit on the beach, and then eventually go to a Brooklyn psych. Whatever it was we had going on that day, Margot throwing out the first pitch, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Summer right there. Beautiful. Wow. And those apartments Nathan's. are gorgeous, and they're really, really affordable. So if you do want to live on the beach and you want a beautiful place, with gorgeous amenities, and I make nothing by doing this. Nothing. Trust me when I tell you, Ocean Drive in Coney Island, that's your destination. So this uh, Tyree Nichols interview yesterday, well, two of the people I like least in the history of this country actually spoke. Al Sharpton and uh, Kamala Harris. (laughs) She's alive, at least. Yeah, she's alive, all right. (laughs) We know. She's alive. Black person gets killed by black people, by the way. And uh, she shows up. She shows up and she uh, gaggles and, and I don't know what she says. I don't know. I, I just She's the biggest embarrassment in the history of politics. We know how she got there. She banged the San Francisco mayor. We got it. She moved her way up. She ended up putting more black people for all of Kamala Harris's crying at all these funerals. She ended up putting more black people in prison than anybody in the history of the legal system in California. She's a fraud. She's a fake. And to be honest, she's stupid. I mean, I guess she's attractive. At one point, Barack Obama said she's the most attractive person in politics and really pissed off Michelle. But she's not a very bright lady. I know she's the vice president. It has nothing to do with her race 
or her gender. She's just stupid. And what she does is, because she knows she's outgunned intellectually, she has this really nervous laugh. And when she can't answer a question or when she sounds silly and she realizes it while she's doing it, she starts to give us Lewis. That. <laughs> Stupid God. It is the nervous oh, laugh of all time. Right, it's it is. It is. And that's all that is. It's, I don't know how to answer this. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. Oh, so some people are dead. And I'm on the hole. <laughs> but yesterday, at a black person's funeral, she knew exactly what to say. This is Kamala Harris, cut number five. Your strength, your courage, and your grace. And we mourn with you. Shut up. And the people of our country mourn with you. No, we don't. God, I mean, it's a horrible tragedy. And by all accounts, he was a nice person. And what those cops did was disgusting. And if he gave every one of those cops the electric chair today, I couldn't care less. And there's nobody more pro-police Maybe outside of John and Margot than me. Nobody. Nobody. I got cops right now in Brooklyn, New York City, Spagnola in New Jersey. They don't miss a second of this show because they know nobody's more pro-police than me. But if it's Derek Chauvin in Minnesota or these animals in Memphis, kill them. I don't care. I don't care. Again, by all accounts, Tyree Nichols was a nice kid. Although, Although I did see something yesterday. And I wanted um, Justin to cut it up. My friend Jason Whitlock, former sports guy, now he does sports and politics. He's on Fox News all the time. He's kind of that black face for conservatives. Jason out of Kansas City. He said something on his podcast yesterday that said this was no random act of violence. This was personal. So if Justin can get that, that may, may shed a little more light on why these officers did what they did. Because Bill O'Reilly said yesterday, I just don't get it in his morning message. Why would they do that? I need answers. So, uh, Justin, if you're listening, cut up that Jason Whitlock stuff because he may provide some of the answers. I don't know. But either way, this was, uh, by all accounts, a nice man. Never should have died. But when they make it so personal, you know, I'm with you, we're with you. I mean, Kamala wouldn't. Wouldn't couldn't care less about this guy, but uh, you know I the mean, other. Please, the other. I was telling uh, Justin when I came in. I, I still don't understand. Eulogies are for somebody that knows right. the person, right? right. So uh, forget about what you think about Al Sharpton. Forget about it. For, but why would he be allowed to do a eulogy for a kid Correct. who doesn't, didn't know, he doesn't didn't know, know him? Right. But this is it's it's disgraceful. It's the the black person yeah. gets killed. It's another and, agenda. That's all it is. Yeah, but I mean, I got to tell you, I'll give you our own personal story. When Bernard passed away, I went to Bernard, so did you, you and MJ, the, not the funeral at St. Patrick's, his real funeral. Out in on Long, Long Island. Island. Yeah. And uh, the priest, God bless him, I know the McGurks love him, this guy must have spoken... For an hour. He talked about the Mets. He talked about all of his experiences, trying to find a way to attach it to Bernie. And at one point I said to Daniela, she said to me, well, this guy just shut the F up. Let Carol go up there. Let Melanie go up there. Sidney, you go up there. Bo, Lewis. Sometimes the priests and the rabbis go on too long. I know the family gives them 
of living history, they should be on and off the stage in five minutes. Well, that you're right. But the other thing, sometimes the, the, the thing that's a, late, a, a trend lately, well, recent years, because other people have told me, you go to church more than I do, that they frown upon long eulogies because people don't know when to stop. Yeah. So that has been an issue for them. No, it's except, true. Except in the case that they know the person. At least they know people, them, right? That's what yeah. people want to hear. But you still want you still want it, short. It's kind of like the Academy Awards speech. Thank you. Goodbye. Right, right, right. It's kind of the same thing. Right. But but whether it's Al Sharpton or Kamala Harris or your local rabbi or priest, shut up. Let's hear from somebody who actually knew the guy. That's what people want to identify. Yeah. They want to connect. Because we're not buying your emotion. We're just not buying it. Here's more Kamala Harris. She says he was killed by the people who are supposed to keep us safe. No kidding, dummy. Kamala Harris, cut number six. Mothers around the world, when their babies are born, pray to God. Listen to this. (laughs) When they hold that child, Uh that body and that life will be safe. Yeah, you said it. For the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. Yet we have a mother and a father we do. who mourn the life of a young man. I can't even. Who should I, just be shut, here I just shut it off. I'm sorry. I can't even do it. <laughs> this is I when mean, she appears. This is. And, but she does go on to demonize the police. And this is what I, I knew was going to happen because they really, they love it. Al Sharpton, all these animals, they love it when a white cop kills a black person. They, 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 they feign outrage. They feign horror. They love it. It continues the narrative. They can't get enough of it. And this story for them didn't exactly meet what they wanted because even though a black guy got killed, it was by blacks. But, but they still have the opportunity to demonize the police. And for them, not a foursome, maybe a threesome. Maybe not two orgasms, maybe just one. But either way, if you keep in it's track. a hell of a time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got something. Yeah. So while they're up there feigning this, this, you know, this horror and sadness, all I'm thinking to myself is, you love it. You love it. You don't know who Tyree Nichols is. You wouldn't care who Tyree Nichols was when he was alive. You would want to be caught dead in the same restaurant as Tyree Nichols. But now that this poor guy, God rest his soul, is gone, this gives you a chance to grandstand, beat up the police, all the stuff that really gets you going, baby girl. If, if, if this kid was walked up to Al Sharpton's oh, entourage and needed something? Nothing. No, maybe <laughs> they'd give him, they wouldn't give him some food maybe on a cold day, but of course they would expect at least $25 donated to Al Sharpton's Yeah. Organization, action, action, action yeah. <laughs> the Action Network. Yeah, <laughs> I got action for you. So. Save it for Saturday. They're just despicable people. There's nothing honorable. There's nothing sincere about any of them. To them, this is a good story. While to most of us, it's tragic. Traffic and Ronnie and Sana coming up next. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from my good buddy Katz, Katz at Night. Here he's talking with Roger Stone about the monetary cost of the government witch hunt on Donald Trump. Whether you agree with Roger or don't agree with him, 
You have to believe Roger did not get a fair deal. As you know, I was targeted in the Mueller witch hunt. Uh, I was charged with lying to Congress about Russian collusion that never happened. And we now know that. But they throw your name into a lawsuit. So your name gets dragged through the mud. You have to pay tens of thousands of dollars to defend yourself. And I'm happy to say that last week, a fair-minded federal judge in D.C. dismissed all of the civil charges against me pertaining to January 6th. It was an expensive victory, but victory nonetheless. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. You know, I uh, just figured this out. There's now a respectful way of telling somebody to shut the F up on text. You know what they do? I send a text to, let's say, Chad Lopez is in the studio right now, my, my beautiful boss. And what he does is, instead of answering me, he sends back, I liked it, but with a heart. So it's like, I got the message, I got it, but I'm not going to text you anymore. So STFU, which is shut the F up, and we're done, I got it. So, like, for example, Danielle would send me that, and I go, are you mad at me? She go, why, why would I be mad at you? I go, because you don't like to text me. You just send me, I liked it, as if I got it, and I'll stop talking to you. I don't have the time. To- exactly right. Have you noticed that? <laughs> this is a new respectful way of saying, leave me alone, I'm busy. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you, Chad. That's it. Uh, now, Chad has only done that once or twice. Danielle does it all the time. <laughs> does your girlfriend do that? Does MJ do that? The no, respectful she- way. Uh, she'll say, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you in a little bit. I'm busy. Just... <laughs> At least she says that. Yeah, no, she'll, she'll say that. Right, she'll you say... just send the heart, and it's like, oh, just shut up. Okay, oh, no, got I've, it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. saw the people. I <laughs> loved your message. Right. <laughs> loved it. Loved it, bro. Well, Ron Goodbye. and Sina never does that to me. The king at CNBC, and there's so much going on, of course, the big showdown between Biden and McCarthy. They're calling it this morning the debt ceiling showdown, the Fed Raised uh, uh, again, more hikes, a quarter of a point. Inflation still an issue. So here he is, my man, the great Ron and Santa. Ronnie, good morning. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good. Listen, at least you get a text back. That's all I got. To say. Um, you don't? No. No, I have to call. I have to call because I I keep waiting for the response, and it's like you know. You know what's uh, funny about check you? Your text. Check, check, check your text. Yeah, check your text. You are such a, a nice man. I, for example, a couple of years ago, we we uh, launched our charity for Gabriel, and we had this soft party at Joseph Abood's old clothing store. And you live in Jersey. You're on TV all day. You're exhausted. It was raining that night. You show up with your wife, which we'll never forget that, never. Also gave a very nice donation. Anytime I text you, text me back right away. You're great to my wife, Danielle. You're a sweet person. But yet... There's a side of you that is really nasty. I mean, me and Chris Cuomo are about to fight. Now you want to fight Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I want the undercard. Absolutely. And and now you've been on the show. You beat that little bow tie wearing geek to pulp. See this? And you've also threatened guys like uh, Charles Payne, Charlie Gasparino. I've never never threatened them. I've called them out on stuff that they've done. Yeah, but you want to beat them up, right? Uh, Charlie's a boxer. No, no way I get in the No, no, you, you can't beat him, but you, but, but you want to beat him up, yes? Well, I, I don't really have – I don't have that much animosity towards Charles Payne. I, I just think he shouldn't be doing what he's doing for a living. But, you know, <laughs> Tucker Carlson, yeah, I would love to just, you know, 
beat his little prep school brains out. Uh, so, so before we get into debt ceilings and inflation and Fed hikes, can you tell me what the genesis is of the Insana Tucker Carlson war? Oh, I just I think he's a dangerous human being who's lying to the American public every single night with, with particular respect to things like vaccines, um, immigration, which I think he has no idea what he's talking about. We're, we're short five million workers in the United States. We have a bit of a baby bust going on. Our population's actually declining. And, and all he does is bang people of color, you know, verbally by saying that, you know, they don't belong here. All our people came here from somewhere else. Yours, mine. You know, yeah, they checked in at Ellis Island, but they signed. They never they never wrote ahead and told the American government they were on their way. Right. They just showed up. And, and you know, given when my, my grandparents came here in the early 1900s, they could have disappeared into any part of the country that wasn't settled yet. And there was a lot of it and never became citizens. Now, that happened that they didn't do that. But, you know, there was there, there's never really been until recently, you know, this formal process. But there's always been, if you read the literature, this, you know, just 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 total hatred of the other. And and, and I think people who preach that are, 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 number one, just just morally bankrupt and two, doing the country a great economic disservice because population growth is what drives the economy and our population growth has stalled completely. All right, well, listen, I'm not going to argue that. I love Tucker Carlson. I actually think, uh, in total disagreement, he's the best TV show host now by a mile. And if we're going to talk about, if we're going to talk about people lying on television, I promise you I wouldn't do this, so I won't. But you may want to take a look at some of the people you walk by the halls every day. So let's not talk about lying on I television. I work at CNBC, by the way. I work at CNBC. Oh, they lie, so. too. There's a bunch of people that lie there, too. No, no, no. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Okay, no. well, listen. You're entitled to that opinion, but why so much outrage? What is what is all this? What happened? Did you get picked fourth? I think it's a, true. No. Well, no. I, did, did, I get, did I get picked fourth? No. <laughs> like in a me? basketball game like 30 no, years ago? No, like, no, 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 no. Well, well first of all, bas- I'm 5'6". <laughs> you know, basketball is not my sport. I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting threes and I'm not, you know, just jamming down the middle of the lane, yeah. you know, and dunking. That never happened. I played football, played baseball. You know, so no, I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about my athletic skills. Okay, you know, all right. Because I just, uh, but no, the, the, I'm the, not angry for that. I, I think he is a dangerous human being. Okay, well, we disagree there. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's, of course, I still like you. Love you. Whatever. I love you, you know? too. I'm just, I always get so surprised. Like, the Cuomo story pops up. You're like, I'll fight Carlson on the undercard. I'm like, what? Well, listen, I will tell you, if, if, if Hannity didn't train MMA, I'd do them both at the same time. So now you want to kick Hannity and Carlson's ass. T- together? Oh, that would be a, a blast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> See, now it all, it, it's all clear to me why I misloved you all these years. It really is. Now I got to know you personally. I love you, too. But, and he used I, to wish me dead I, I every time I was no, on no, the no. show. He loved you. That's, that's, when he said that, it was his way of being nice. And, again, <laughs> yeah, I'm on record. I'm both Sean Hannity. Hannity's actually a friend of mine. I love him. And Tucker Carlson. But, see, that's the beauty of sitting friends in the morning. And that's why I think this show is different than most in that Sean yeah. Hannity will come on, and I'll tell him how great he is, how much I love him. You'll come on. You're you're an absolute dear friend. I don't care whether you love him, hate him means nothing to me. People get right. so outraged in the audience, but that's the issue with our country today. You should be able to have different points of view without killing somebody. Right, but you want to kill people anyway. Call so do you. You want to you want to beat up Chris Cuomo? 
I do. I want to kick his ass. You're right. Uh, I, I, would, I would recommend that Chris not get in the ring with you. Uh, that would be well, my first recommendation. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm also not a very big fan of Joe Biden. Now, he's an old man and all that. But you talk about people destroying the country. My God. No, no. Oh. I, tell, tell me how. Please tell me how. How many hours? Is this show four hours? Yeah. Four just to hours? Be clear for your audience. Yeah. I am not some raging leftist. I am a centrist. Individual, I, I I like ideas from both sides of the aisle as long as they're prudent, as long as they move the ball forward. But well, I don't. Given what he's done with with Ukraine, given how he's now beating back China and taking even greater. He's, he's, no, 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 stop, stop! He's not beating back anybody. He's not beating back China. China treats him like a little bitch. He does nothing to beat back China. That's what Trump did. Uh, the Ukraine thing is a disaster. No, no, We've given no, them billions and billions and billions of dollars and aid on a war that we never should have got involved with in the first place. I don't even want to go mm. there about Joe Biden. He's you destroyed. Want Putin in Poland, I, I, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He would have gone to Lithuania, oh, sorry, yeah, Estonia, right, right. Latvia. By the way, by the, way the only reason why you've got a Ukraine-Russia war is because this idiot is in charge in the first place because the last guy you can't stand spent four years and there was no Ukraine-Russia war. So don't get me started on Biden foreign policy. He's the most feckless and worst president in the history of the country. He's reconstructed NATO. He has done, important. reconstructed because, he, because he's going back to paying for everybody else's business? When Trump no, said no, thank you? Paying. Actually, Germany is paying more now for defense than they ever have. And who started that? Period. Who started that? The last guy. Well, first of all, they, they don't they don't kick money into NATO. They spend more as a percentage of GDP on their own defense. There is no donation or no payment or no dues that goes into NATO. Yeah. But I think Biden has done a wonderful job. I, I think the former guy would have let Putin walk past Crimea and take Ukraine back. Yeah, but, no, but, but, but Putin wouldn't horrific. do it. Putin wouldn't do it because he respected and was intimidated by the former guy. This guy's such a pussy. Really? Yeah. Was, was there a oh, Russia-Ukraine did, did war? Was there a Russia-Ukraine war? Yeah, they took Crimea in 2014. Was uh, Trump and, and president? Then, wait, wait, wait. That was Obama. And Biden was, was in the White House Obama then, too. So when Trump was the president of the United States, Ron, I'm going to end this right here. Was there a Ukraine-Russia war? No, because Putin wouldn't do it. He did it when Obama was there. For one. He did it when Obama was there, and he did it when Biden was there. You can't connect those well, he's dots? Getting, he's, he's getting crushed, and he's destroying his economony in the process. That's fine. Okay, cool, great. That was, that's because of Biden. Biden gets lucky in that respect. Biden didn't know that. He didn't know nothing. We're providing then, a ton of support. Uh, too much and support. And weapons. Right, too much support. Why? Too much. Why? Yeah. You want World War Three? You're not going to get want, World you War Three. You're not going to. You hey. want you want China to be emboldened to take Taiwan? You don't really believe all. Uh, by the way, by the way, there was no China Taiwan talk when Trump was president. Now yes, we're doing that. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. China Taiwan talk. No, there wasn't. And and North Absolutely. Korea stopped firing missiles into the water and towards Japan. Yeah, they did. No, they he went to see Rocket Man and it stopped. He went to see Rocket no, Man and it stopped. They, the, the one no, the nuclear program. There were no bad deals with Iran. Listen, listen. This is the worst foreign policy president ever. You're on to talk about the economy. Let's stick we're there. not supporting. We're not going back to the the Iranian deal. In fact, we're going the opposite way. We oh, just worked with Israel oh, yeah. to dismantle a drone facility. Yes, yes. Very nice that, that these morons, Biden and Kerry, came to the realization that nobody in this country on either side wants to deal with Iran who wants to blow up Israel every day. I mean, please, listen. The economy's a mess. Inflation was at 8 9% percent forever. Down. Okay, it's coming, it's coming down. down, but it was, Ron, it was terrible for months. A year, terrible. Months. 
Okay, so you understand that this is more like a post-war environment than it is like the 1970s. I don't, I'll, any economist who's been talking about this and comparing this to the wage price spiral in the 70s that led to 11% unemployment, 13% inflation, and 20% interest rates is the wrong analog. We had a pandemic. We had a war that drove up energy prices, disrupted supply chains. Inflation is now running at an annualized rate over the last six months at about 2%, right, where the Fed wants it. It, this was a pandemic-related... Oh, no, I don't want to... And- okay, thank you. Uh, let's move to the pandemic. That. Uh, you can use that excuse for the next 100 years. Uh, tell me about this meeting well, yesterday. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was a reason about two years ago, not anymore. Give me the, uh, the, the reason why uh, we have all these economic issues is the White House's administration has no idea what they're doing, from, from, from their economists <laughs> to the people who build it. I mean, they're, they're, they're a joke. You are they're on a one joke. this morning. A, now, listen. No, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Now, give me the, the meeting between Biden and McCarthy yesterday. Now, Biden, yeah. Biden doesn't want to do anything here because it was up to Biden. Our country will look just like Europe, right? Small houses, federal government in charge of everything. This is what he wants. So he doesn't really want to really negotiate or do anything to fix this debt ceiling because he's stupid. Are you like doing crystal meth in the morning before your show? <laughs> no, no, being, I am giving you the real facts. So tell no, me what you call me for. No, I know that. But clearly this morning, your uh, that little bias is back. You can't come on this show or any show and tell me Biden's doing a good job with anything because it's utterly ridiculous. There's nothing he's well, done good with. Not foreign policy, not economy, not the racial issues in this country. He's effed up every single thing he's touched. But this meeting with McCarthy yesterday, how did that go? Yeah. Well, they, right now they're saying that they may have a path forward. What's important is that they just raised the debt ceiling. The, the debt ceiling is is not being raised to cr- in, allow for future spending. It's uh, it, it would be raised to allow for us to pay for prior bills and prior borrowing. So if you default on existing debt obligations, you could create a financial market scenario in which interest rates skyrocket, the dollar plunges, and the stock market gets killed, which leads to an economic crisis. We, we did this in 2011 with a very, very bad game of chicken that took place back then yeah. around the debt ceiling. And, you, and we, had our, we had our debt downgraded for this the first time in the nation's history. Just something you don't want to play with. So irrespective of whether you want to go through a regular budget process when this is done and reduce spending, that's fine. That's a discussion. That's a budget negotiation. The debt limit should never be used as kind of a, a hostage-taking mechanism in order to reduce future spending. This is just so we pay the bills right. that we've already incurred. Right, but, but but spending is a part of the issue here, I guess. Again, this is where you do have the the uh, the knowledge, and I don't. But everybody I speak to, Ron, all people I respect and love, including you, you, Larry, Monica, all these people say the same thing, that uh, this thing will be over by June, that, that the there's, there's more fear right now than the reality of a default. One would hope. I mean, and, you know, this, there's a lot of brinksmanship that goes on. It's a game of chicken. You know, you take it down to the wire, which we did in 2011. Now, the debt ceiling was raised three times under President Trump without a negotiation, without any re- reductions in spending, and which included a $1.7 trillion tax cut that was unfunded. So it, the debt ceiling can be raised without an argument. There's no doubt about it and, and should be. In fact, we should probably get rid of it because once you incur the obligation, you have to pay it. The budget negotiations, and again, look, we spend on Social Security, Medicare, defense, interest on the national debt. All of those three things, which are very difficult to cut, account for between 75 to 80 percent of all federal spending. So if you cut all discretionary spending, you still would not get to a balanced budget. 
And so there, there, there's just some myths out there about how this process works. Yes, there should be, you know, wiser choices being made in terms of spending. There are ways to, you know, right size the budget to an extent. But but getting it in balance in five years would probably crush the economy because you would take a, a huge prop out from underneath economic growth that comes from whatever programs we currently support. All right, last one, uh, Ronnie, about 30 to 60 seconds to go. The Fed again raised the rate yep. another quarter point. I mean, how many more times do you think this is going to happen? At what point, what number will it stop? We think we're going to stop around 5%, which is about a quarter point away. But the Fed seemed to indicate one or two more rate hikes was likely, although they said progress is being made on inflation, which is why the stock market rallied yesterday. I think they're going too far. I think inflation is going to come down far faster than most people would predict. And and I think that it is a rearview mirror problem and that this is not the 1970s. And anybody who thinks it is, is making an enormous mistake. That was a lot of fun, no? Yeah, enjoyed it. <laughs> That's a good way to start your yeah. day, Ronnie. So, yeah. um, I'm going to go drop a Xanax and see if I can make it through the rest of the day. <laughs> Bro, I love you. That's uh, that's what love it's all too, about. Yell, yell and scream at each other, go back and forth, and at the end of the day, shake hands and tell you I love you. That was a great, great appearance. I'll talk to you again very, very soon, Ron and Santa. Thank you so much. Well, my, friends. Right. my man, Ron and Santa, right there on Sid and Friends in the morning. Get a little fiery at 6 a.m. I like that. Got a lot more to come today. Four or five more great guests, including Bill O'Reilly. This is the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Keep it right here. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Springsteen, no surrender. Bruce started his uh, world tour last night in Tampa, Florida. And according to Lou Rafino, he started the uh, night with this song. I love this song. In Tampa, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tuesday, he'll be at the Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale. And um, I've been invited by Mike Sullivan and Stephen Van Zandt to go. Jimmy Allen got me a room and all that stuff. But I don't think I can go now because Danielle's got the job out there on Long Island. But... Um, we thought about going, so they go from Tampa to Fort Lauderdale, and eventually we will be there, Madison Square Garden in April. And not going to be hot, baby. Not going to be hot in the. Well, oh, I thought yeah, not the garden. MetLife, no. I don't believe he's doing MetLife outdoors. No, I don't think so. Oh, interesting. I got to double check that, but I know he'll be at the Garden in April, and we'll be at that show. Not going to be in Jersey. <laughs> you know, he'll be in Jersey somewhere. But I don't think it's MetLife. It may be PNC or 
I got to double check. Uh, what do you got for me, Macedonia, Phil? So uh, April, like you said, April first, he's going to be in Madison Square Garden. Told you. April third, Barclays Center. Barclays Center. April ninth and eleventh, UBS Arena on Long Island. How about that? And then April fourteenth, he'll be in the Prudential Center in Newark. There you go, Prudential Center. That's thank the, you. That's no outdoor shows. Yes, yeah. thank you, okay. thank you. Uh, that's right. He's getting up there. Yeah. Get a cold. <laughs> that's surprising, yeah. though. He could sell out uh, MetLife like in a day. Oh, in a in day. An hour. Yeah. In, in t- I remember in '85 during the Born in the USA tour. He sold out 70,000 seats every night. I think I went to like 20 shows back then. But uh, he's still the best. He's in his 70s. So is Van Zandt, all of them. And uh, it's still going to be a great... You know, he's still going to go up for three hours and he'll be doing Jersey Girl at midnight. You're like, hey, Bruce, sit down already, man. I'm getting tired watching you. I keep getting requests are coming up here. Let's see what this one says. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jenny, take a ride. Let's do that. Soccer to me. All right. All right. All right, fine. Let's go. So my Instagram is blowing up at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Lynn Hort, Stephanie... Miami race team, John Toms, Anthony Barbarisi, Sue, Maureen, all these names. They liked the way I handled Ron and Sana. Fine. He's my friend. I don't care. People are texting me, what a liberal penis. And <laughs> fine. You know, it's sometimes. It's a little extreme. <laughs> I mean, I get crazy, you know. Jeez. Sometimes I'll put stuff like, Bernie would be proud of you. And, and if that makes me crazy. No, be- you haven't said that before. Have yeah. I miss Bernie. I love Bernie. I'll always love Bernie. I don't care whether he's proud of me or not. I didn't care when he was here. I didn't go out of my way every day to make Bernie proud. I mean, God, I can't stand that. Bernie's proud of you somewhere. He's not proud of me somewhere. He doesn't care. Misses his wife and his kids, wherever he is. I don't care. He's drinking a big thing of Sapporo right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what he always Thank you. To do. He's he resting. cares about as much <laughs> of what I'm doing on the radio every morning as Kamala Harris does about Tyree Nichols. That's about how much he cares. He ain't proud of me anywhere. My father, maybe, but even him, who knows? He's up there right now, my man Elvis and Lisa Marie. Father's having breakfast with Elvis as we speak. Was it yesterday that was Lisa Marie's birthday and who else? Yeah. Phil? Yeah, it was hers and Harry Styles. Both of them, Harry Styles. Yeah. yeah. By the way, the uh, nominees, if you missed it yesterday, for the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm, you're just going to say yes or no, Lou and Phil, as to whether or not you think they are deserving Hall of Famers. Ready to go? Uh, hold on. Hands on buzzer. Hands on buzzer. We'll start Ready. with you, Lewis. Okay. Kate Bush. No. Yes. All right. No from Lou. Yes from Phil. Cheryl Crow. Yes. No. Oh, now you're just being a contrarian. No, now I, you're just being a dick. Now, to... now you're being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to lose your privilege. I don't listen to yeah. Cheryl Crow. What does that mean? So I don't care. She's not great because you don't listen to her? Yeah, that's how it works. Are you going to be able to do this and show a little bit of objectivity here or not? I can't show objectivity if I don't listen to them. Missy Elliott. No. Nah. Both said no. Wow. Racist. Iron Maiden. I am as God made me. No. No. I think Iron Maiden should get in, right? You're stupid, Phil. Phil, name one song. One song. Uh, song. Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if he's right. Look that up. Uh, Joy Division slash New Order. Yes. Wow. No question. Really? Joy Division is one of the best bands of all time. It's one of those weird bands what that are they sing? into. Like New Order, I know they sing. Um... Well, you know, they New Order came from them. Right. But they have like one or two good songs, New Order. The singer killed himself. New Order? No, New Order. I'll play was... New Order coming up next. Okay. okay. Cindy Lauper, that's a yes. Yes. Uh, 
I'll, I'll go. I'm not even asking Phil. I, I, it's best, I don't George know. Michael, got to be a yes. Yes. Yes, Wham also. Yes. Sure. Willie Nelson, got to be a yes. Yes, I don't even get. They should change... They should change the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame name to the, to the Music Hall of Fame. I know, it's stupid. Because right? like Willie Nelson, like it's, he's going to make rock and they roll. They have rap stars in the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame. Stupid. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. No. Yeah, I think they were really important <laughs> in the 90s. I, I don't know. I think they were important in the 90s. Okay. Soundgarden with the late, great Chris Cannell. Yes. I'm indifferent. The Spinners. Yes. No, I'm a no. He doesn't but even know. He doesn't have no idea what they are, right? No. That's no. some black band. Uh, <laughs> Tribe Called Quest. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I have a tendency to say yes. It's not the biggest thing I'm You're putting to, a lot of folks in the Hall of Fame here, though. I, I, no, I've said no to a, a lot of mm, them. So not far. a lot. Mostly yes. Uh, I'm going to say no. No, what about you, Phil? I'm a yes. <laughs> He's so stupid. Again, name a song. <laughs> he doesn't know By what it is. Tribe Called Quest? Yeah. yeah just name one. Uh, relax, electric, electric. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> He's I'm like Joe Biden. Writing that uh, happy birthday. <laughs> Relaxation, <laughs> electric. Watch I don't know me. How this I can name Watch more. Me. How about the, uh, the White Stripes? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, sure. No kidding. Phil? What? No. No. And finally, this guy's got to be in. I'm shocked he isn't already like Willie Nelson. Warren Zevon. Yes. Phil. Phil says no. What are you? What are you <laughs> <laughs> he just he just wants uh, to pause uh, for a minute. Uh, nah, he don't like him. Uh, nah, no good, right? Re- really don't. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't dislike him. I just I don't yeah. listen to enough of him. All right, so you've liked every. So you were great there. I got to tell you, great job. Thanks, Phil. Thank <laughs> oh, you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We'll play um, some, play no some problems. No. I think you both agree with this. The biggest story in New York City is this migrant situation. What? What? So they, the cops Groundhog came. Day. They, should get in, they should get into the Hall of Fame. Yes, I they think. should. Yes. Oh, today is Groundhog Day, right? And you know, you, it's funny you say that. I've seen Bill Murray on the televisions like 10 times already. And you now you made the connection. I thought maybe he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a lot of dead people holding the uh, thing up. I know. Well, sure. didn't Bill de Blasio kill it one year? Uh, yeah, he murdered it. Yeah, yeah he, 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 like, ice, he slammed it on the ground pick. in Staten Island. Yeah. yeah. Punks of Tony Phil, I think, is it? Yeah, the groundhog was lucky he didn't stay around for his policies. <laughs> he would have died anyway. Yeah, he would have killed um, himself. But on CBS 2 New York last night, they did the whole report on how the police came and rounded up the migrants and finally said, you got to go. Because for days, they were like, you got to go. They're like, nah. They're like, no, you have to go. They're like, nah. You talk about ungrateful. These mother effers left their countries because they barely had plumbing and electricity they come to New York, and they're complaining about the food. You can't make this up. And now they're not leaving. No, listen to me. You are leaving. Nope. So finally, these ungrateful bastards, the police came last night and got rid of them. And they were still pissed. Like, oh, I'm not going to Brooklyn. I'm going to just walk the streets. Where are you going next? I don't know. I'm not going to Brooklyn. I don't care what the mayor says. So if you missed it, this was the CBS 2 New York last night. And in this report, they quote both the governor, Kathy Hochul, and the mayor, Eric Adams. Sounded like this, Lewis, cut number 10. We are with the president yesterday, and he did say that there'd be money coming from the federal government to help the city. He did not give a number, but we believe that they should be picking up a significant share. In a statement, Mayor Adams responded in part, a national crisis requires a national response. We will continue to need our federal and state partners to do their part. Yeah, I'm down on the mayor today, so. Uh, You know, we're becoming friendly and 
I come on here every day. I try to give the mayor the benefit of the doubt because I do believe, in fact, I don't believe I know for a fact in his heart of hearts he wants to fix the city. But I'm going to have to make this very clear to the mayor. You can't be friends with everybody and get it done. For example, just now, Ron and Santa was on. I've been friendly with Ron and Santa for 25 years. I mean, really friendly. And at no point during that conversation did I back down when it came to my beliefs about this president and this country. And I have no issue coming out and saying right now that as much as I love Ron and Santa, he sounded stupid and biased. And the mayor can't keep doing that. The mayor can't come out and say, I need more help from the federal and national government without saying Joe Biden is handcuffing me and is not letting me do the things I need to do to fix this city. Same thing with Albany. With the cashless bail. Kathy Hochul is not great. I've heard Eric Adams thank Kathy Hochul five times the last couple of weeks. It's getting old for me, too. She's killing this state. Killing it. That budget yesterday was a joke. $227 billion on what? And I need Mayor Eric Adams to stop telling us how great Kathy Hochul is and to tell the truth and tell us that she sucks. Joe Biden is the worst president in the history of this country. Anybody can tell you that. Anybody. He's gone past Carter and all these other old guys that Pillarotti talks about. That's a lot of malarkey. Kathy Hochul is the worst governor in the history of the state. And if the mayor wants to fix this city, because you know, no matter what he says, he's got his design set on D.C., he will not be able to do it without breaking down some doors. And you just can't like everybody. You can't tell me everybody's doing a good job, especially people like Joe Biden and Kathy Hochul, and expect to get stuff done in this city and expect people to rally around you. The numbers that came out for the mayor yesterday are embarrassing. Embarrassing. His approval rating is worse than Biden. And I know Mayor Eric Adams pretty well. And my man's got a little bit of an ego. And he ain't waking up this morning celebrating 38%. But it ain't going to get any higher unless things change in this city. And when the migrants tell you what you're going to do, when you applaud the governor for raping and pillaging this city, when you call out the national government but continue to refer to yourself as the Biden of Brooklyn, you're not doing yourself, this city, this state, or this country any favors. So while I admittedly, admittedly, have tried and continue to try to build this relationship, and I like him, I like him. I think he's a good guy. I think he's doing himself, this city, this state, and now even me, a disservice. It is time to go nuclear. It is time to go DEFCON 5. This migrant crisis is a disaster. It's not a small little thing. He says it. He calls it a crisis. 
bail reform is a disaster. It's a crisis. The homeless, the crime, the filth. Disaster. Crisis. Stop trying to be everybody's friend. Call out the pricks for what they are. Pricks. More of me next. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. So this is Joy Division. They're one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. I don't remember this song. I was probably all coked up and drunk at the Palladium or Underground or Bedrocks or Xenon or one of those clubs. It was, yeah, it was like... What year was this? It's uh, early 80s. I, I don't yeah, know I was year. hammered, bro. Okay, It was yeah, bad. It was really bad, Lewis. Son, it was a D-R-E-L-I-R thing all no, the time. No, I know. Don't, 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 I love that stuff. Again, I, I always get confused. 92.7 or 92.3? 92.7. Yeah, I saw a uh, flock of seagulls at Metro 700 in Eisenhower. Not Eisenhower Park. It was Eisenhower Park, I believe. I. Yeah, Eisenhower's big. Yeah, I, 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 by, by the time I got there, I was already hammered. My buddy Eric Levine would drive, and we'd stop off and buy drugs on the conduit by Howard Beach, and then um, get all fired up in the car and walk in all... Did you go to those places like Industry and uh, the, island, the Island Park places? I didn't there? do Island Park. I did uh, a couple times. I did the whole mosh pit thing with uh, the Ramon Brothers played there um, in Brooklyn. Uh, I know it wasn't uh, DRE music. It was more of... Um, it was the, more... Yeah, what, what was the name? New Lemours. Wave. New wave. I oh, did Lemours. Lemours. Yeah. Yes. But the New Wave clubs, I, I did Malibu a couple times on Long Island. Uh, that was a great place. I got thrown out of spit. I told you that story. They put the lights on. They stopped the music. The greatest story of all time. <laughs> While they were throwing you out? Bro, because... Lewis, you know how crowded that club was on Saturday night? Yes. There's like 10,000 people dancing at spit. And I'm on the floor and I'm going nuts, you know, dancing and going crazy and yelling how great of a dancer I am and <laughs> annoying like every girl on the floor. You know, the whole thing. It was way before Danielle. Hey, can you hey can you hear me? I can't hear. Hey. <laughs> so then I got all belligerent. They told me to stop, and and um, so two or three guys actually took me off the dance floor, and I was really being belligerent, and, and I admit it, you know. And uh, I, I went with a bunch of my friends, all tough guys, Yitzi, and uh, all my yeshiva buddies, and so they actually wanted me to leave, and I made it very clear that I lived in Brooklyn, and I'm in Levittown, Long Island. I have no way of getting home. Unless my friends take me home. And they're like, well, we're going to put you outside. You're going to have to wait outside. So whenever they leave, I go, well, I'm not going to do that. And I started, like, pushing the guy. And so the next thing you know, I swear to God, they shut the music. They put the lights on. And they go, 
Uh, Yitchy Calderon, could you pick up Sid Rosenberg at the front of the club? I swear to God. <laughs> Safe to say, I've never heard that name come over the PA never. in a club. No. So Yitzi walks over and he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, we have to leave. They, they're throwing me out. I go, he goes, we have six of us here. We're not leaving. It took us an hour and a half to get here from Brooklyn. You have to wait outside. We'll take you home. This is like 1 o'clock in the morning. That's the typical stuff that would happen, clubs. I, I fell asleep in the bushes outside the club, <laughs> and about 4 o'clock in the morning, they threw me in the car and drove me back to Brooklyn. But I am the only person, I believe, to ever actually on a Saturday night have the nightclub shut the music, put the lights on, and ask them to get me the hell out of Where there. Where was this, Spit? Spit in Levittown, yeah. yeah. I know they probably place. played that song. Yeah. But, like, see, I don't know Joy Division, but I, I know the... The group they became afterwards, which is New Order, because of songs like this. here went over the weekend ratings and um, the number I get on Saturday mornings is so perverse that even a narcissist like me I can't even say it it's so huge what I'm doing to WOR is not even fair not during the week or on Saturdays so Macedonia Phil puts together the best of and you've already got two segments today the Ron and Santa conversation and the opening segment at seven o'clock I have a thousand messages here People said, that was awesome. You become the voice here in New York. So, Phil, your work is done. Your Saturday show is done. Marconi award-winning stuff. But there's something else I need to talk to you about, Phil. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. One time many years ago, I was listening to Howard Stern, as I do all the time still. And he was making the point that is producer Gary Delabate, Fafa Fufe, Baba Bui, not only produces the radio show, booking guests, you know, the whole thing, like you do sometimes, but he is kind of like a gal Friday. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So when Howard Stern, his dry cleaning is ready, he's not going to walk over to the laundry. He calls Gary, and Gary gets his stuff, you know. If, um, uh, where is this? Where's this going? Well, you know, Phil, we live in a hotel now, and it's become very inconvenient and difficult for me, Danielle, who I know you love, and Gable, you love him too, to operate on a daily basis. And Yeah. So, uh, you know, I wear a nice sport jacket to work every day. I look very nice. Do I not? Yeah, sure. Okay. And Danielle dresses beautifully. She's a lawyer in a big-time firm. Okay. So we have a lot of dry cleaning, you know. Okay, this makes sense. Everything's adding up so far. I don't see any issues with anything you've said so far. Okay. So we're staying in a hotel on 33rd Street. All right. And the laundry, as you would imagine, Phil, the dry cleaning gets, you know, the bag gets pretty heavy. You know, it's, it's a lot of, lot of laundry. Okay. Both I'm, of us get dressed every day. Yeah. I'm following you so far. Everything okay. sounds... Right. So the hotel is on 33rd Street, 
So I went yesterday to find the closest dry cleaner. And I found one close. I mean, it's, it's relatively close. It's on 29th Street, which... Oh, that's great. It's only four blocks. Yeah, that's, that's not that bad of a walk for you. Right, for me, right. But the bag, because of the daily items that me and Danielle wear, I figure... And I'm a very strong guy. You know, I'm a very strong guy, Phil. Very strong guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I figure conservative number 60 pounds. Oh, that's pretty heavy. That's very heavy, yes. yes. So... What I was thinking was, it was crazy. I, yeah. Like Howard once said, my producer, his job is not just on the radio show, but he has to work basically on call all day, like a doctor. You know what I'm saying? But like a doctor. You know, you go home, uh, but... Okay. Yeah. Um, I, right. So... Yeah. Where so the thought of me, uh-huh. big star in New York City. Yeah, sure. And by the way, almost 56 years old, I could die of a heart attack. And then you've got no future. The thought of me <laughs> carrying this bag for blocks became so ludicrous. Yeah, I understand. So I had to think of other ways we can do this. So, uh, so we, I called them and okay. I said, do you have a guy that comes and picks up and drops off, which would have made everything very easy. And unfortunately, in an Asian accent, she said no. That's a bummer. Yeah. So then I said, well, they don't have a guy. So I think... Certainly, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, we need to put our heads together and find someone who could do this. Right, you. What? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. That's what you... I thought you'd be the guy. So, and and I just thought that, like, after work, being you don't really have a girlfriend, you're not married, no oh. kids, no real responsibilities, you don't drink or drug or gamble, you've got plenty of hours throughout the day. I thought maybe you would... Want to take on some more responsibility? Someone, John and Chad, go to me. Should we give Phil more money? Mm-hmm. Is he replaceable? Mm-hmm. I can say, not really, because he does all these things. Well, I mean, see, yeah. I I wouldn't have an issue with that, but what? the way it. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just quit? <laughs> what was that? It scared the heck out of me because I wasn't looking at him. <laughs> oh, what? What in what? God's name? We're still on? Yeah, we're... Did we're you still, just quit? We're still on, Phil, yes. You, like, ran out the studio. Hello? What happened? <laughs> so I gather that this is not going to happen. What are we talking about? You know, you know the groundhog saw his shadow, so that means we get six more weeks of winter. Yeah, this is yeah, horrible yeah, news. Yeah, I figured this was going to go this route. So now what I have to do is, now I have to make it mandatory and go to John and Shed. Oh, no, and instead of asking nicely like uh, I just did, that's it. now you're going to have to do it and wear a silly hat and a pink set of sneakers. I, I, if sign, anything, that's more of an incentive to do it. With a sign on your butt that says, I'm Sid's bitch. Until the third thing, he already had all that other thing. <laughs> yeah, I already walked around Brooklyn. Uh, this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. <laughs>
Cheryl Crow, one of the 14 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2023 nominees, announced yesterday she's got to get in. Plus, she banged Lance Armstrong. That's got to count for something, right? Uh, maybe two or three points. Two or three votes. <laughs> two or three votes. Now, I love Cheryl Crow. She's great. Uh, talking about great, we put this gentleman on every Thursday at this time because he is great. A great long history, Fox News, radio shows, back to Imus. But as I say all the time, arguably his best work is right here, 740 every Thursday morning. Really bright guy, terrific guest, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Napolitano, good Thursday morning, pal. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Right back at you, Sid. How you doing? I'm doing great. How could I be bad? I had a great dinner the other night at one of my favorite Italian restaurants in your new neighborhood called Barulia. Where is that? On 34th and Lex, they told me you were there, and you and you and they, somehow my name came up in the conversation. Wait a second, yeah, but it's not called. It's called like Villa Bar- or something like that. You're right, so, Villa Barulia. Yes. Villa Barulia. So yes. I got to tell you, I got to, I got to tell you this story. So we love Italian food, Judge. So I go to the concierge at the hotel. I go, I need a place. Can't be fancy. I don't need Rayos or Michaels. She goes, there's a place 34th and Lex, family, but but pretty great food. So it's just me and my son, and we go like a week ago, Judge. And then uh, Gabriel comes home from school Monday. He goes, Daddy, I really like that Italian restaurant. Let's go back. So we go back on Monday, and then they find out who I am, the whole thing. I told them what they find out. Right. And, so, and I give them a shot. They're all like, oh, my God, this is great. So then how do they attach you to me? I don't know. But last night I was there. And the owner comes up to me and said, I, Judge, I know this is your favorite Italian place, even though there's not a single Italian that works there. Yeah, they're all like Serbians and Croatians. It's very interesting. Correct. But I got to tell you, this restaurant, the food is the closest to my grandmother, Louise Duva Caruso, may God rest her soul, <laughs> wow. uh, of any restaurant I've ever had. And he says to me, maybe he hears us on Thursday morning, he said, your good buddy, Sid Rosenberg, has become a regular <laughs> It's true. I do. I love the place. Stephen, you're going to get some free publicity tomorrow morning when I start my conversation <laughs> with Sid talking about tomato sauce at Barulia. Hey, they do make a great marinara there, or the calamari sauces. So now, now that I know this, Judge, now you're in. Me, you, and Gabriel have to go together. And what are these next couple of weeks, okay? You know I live 75 miles from the city. I drive into the city to meet some friends and insist we go to Barulia. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, you live, you're in Jersey. You live far away, so you must really love the place. That's great. All right, that's a date. We're setting it up right now, me, Gabriel, and uh, and the judge. i tell you who's not going to be there is uh, Biden. I know he was in New York a couple of days ago. He could have been there, uh, but he's very, very busy, and the FBI is very busy these days, judge, searching Biden's properties. What's the latest there? This is really mind-boggling that the Federal Bureau of Investigation is searching the private residences of the president of the United States. First of all, it's mind-boggling how a guy who's worked for the government his entire life 
owns these mansions. I don't know where the money came from. Another story, maybe we'll find out at another time. But that the FBI is searching the homes of the president of the United States is mind-boggling. You know, the FBI, they leak, and they leaked that. They found nothing at the beach house. We know what they found at the Penn Biden office. We know what they found in his garage and in his personal study at his home in Wilmington. What we don't know is the level of security imposed on those documents. So there are three levels of classification, confidential secret, top secret. Within top secret, there are five sub-levels. At Trump's house, the stuff they found was the highest of those sub-levels. It contains the names of secret agents, like somebody who's a Uh, an Iranian agent, but it's a double agent because he's also working for the CIA. That's the level of stuff they found at Trump's house. We don't know the level of what they found at Biden's house. We also don't know how many documents they found. We know how many documents they found at Trump's house because remember the special master nonsense? Yep. The special master, a very decent, wonderful Reagan appointee, uh, semi-retired federal judge in Brooklyn, longtime friend of mine, Ray Deary. Dead from the bench. There are 365 documents here comprising more than 20,000 pages. So that's a lot of paperwork yep. for yep. something to go through. We don't know what they found in Joe's, uh, in Joe's house. So I can't tell you where this is going to go. You want my gut reaction? Yeah. Trump will be, Trump will be indicted. Joe will escape. Wow. Uh, he'll be indicted, but as the competition starts to mount, I mean, right now, Kilme told me a couple of days ago, at this time in 2020, the Democrats had 10 people running for the presidency. Right now, Republicans have one. The only person to officially announce is Trump. But we're days right. away from, obviously, uh, Nikki Haley. So Trump takes a shot at her. Maybe a month away from Ron DeSantis. So Trump takes right. a shot at him. Trump's my guy. I love Trump. But I got to tell you, every time he does stuff like this, he sounds, A, like an idiot. And be very insecure. Why would he do that? I agree with you. And the crowds that he drew in New Hampshire, you can't even call them crowds. The biggest audience was 400 people. Here's a guy who's used to addressing 10 and 15,000 people. I don't know if it was the weather. I don't know if it's just too early in the season. But I do know that a lot of uh, serious Republican leaders of the New Hampshire Republican Party, remember, New Hampshire is the first primary for Republicans. But because the Democrats in New Hampshire don't want Joe, right. the first prime for the Democrats of South Carolina. So Republican, New Hampshire is important for the Republicans. The New Hampshire Republican Party leadership has turned its back on Trump. They think he's damaged goods. They expect him to be indicted, and they want somebody else. They want somebody like DeSantis, somebody new and fresh uh, who comes in with a conservative record and doesn't have Trump's baggage. Well, let's stay in New Hampshire. Because you can stay right there, and their governor, Sununu, is intimating he may run. And I know a lot of folks that uh, are Republicans that actually like him. He's kind of, you know, wears the jeans, old school, that type of thing. If Sununu decides to run out of New Hampshire, do you think he becomes a legitimate candidate or just another 2% guy? So I'm longtime friends with Chris Christie, as you may know. Chris is going to run. I mean, I'm not saying anything uh, out of school. I'm not so sure this is his year, but Chris is going to run, and, I, and I'm a friend with Chris. 
But I love Governor Sununu. He's got a libertarian side to him. He's got a side to him that says just because the problem is national doesn't make it federal. Just because Congress wants to regulate it doesn't mean the Constitution permits Congress to regulate it. We have not had people talking like that since Ron Paul ran for president, basically saying there are areas of human behavior that are none of the federal government's business, like health care, and should be resolved by individual states. That's Governor Sununu. I think that's going to be a very popular message uh, in the Republican Party. And I wish Trump you know, I, you know, I've known him for 35 years. I've been with him alone. He called me 100 times from the White House. I love him personally. I wish he wouldn't take personal shots at people. Right. I wish he would disagree with the message rather than condemning the messenger. But that's his style, Did We both know that. I know, but it worked in 2016. It's not going to work in 2023, bottom line. So I wish him luck. I'm going to vote for him. I want him to win. But I don't understand why everybody, everybody else knows it except for him. I don't get it. Because he won't change. You know, I've tried to talk him into and out of things. You probably have anybody that he called for advice. Uh, I'm sure that his decision was the same at the end of the phone call as it was at the beginning. (laughs) It's true. You're you're so right. You're you're right. So uh, I started the show. Yeah, you're right. Louise Caruso would have said, you're a cup of dust. (laughs) So I started today's show, Judge, by playing some sound from the funeral yesterday. And uh, I made the point that sometimes I feel like the rabbis and the priests go on way too long with the eulogy because the truth is, for the most part, they didn't know the person that died. They got the info from the mother, the father, the wife, and I'd rather hear from them. Uh, Same thing yesterday. There was nothing sincere about Al Sharpton or Kamala Harris. They don't care about Tyree Nichols. All Al Sharpton cares about is... Where's my next donation? And all Kamala Harris cares about is here's a great opportunity to demonize the police because it was black guys. It's no it's not about race this time. Now it's about demonizing police. They're both so insincere and obviously disgusting. And you got to listen to that all day yesterday. And I believe Tyree Nichols, he deserved better. I could not agree with you more. What the political hacks have done to the death of this innocent young man, which is a tragedy and a crime and a murder. But they have turned it into an opportunity to advance their own political uh, causes. And I condemn it. Uh, I condemn it. I'm 100 uh, percent with you. There's no reason to attack the concept of policing. Let's not go back to this nonsense about defunding the uh, police. There are five rotten apples in that bunch. <clears throat> the prosecutor's doing the right thing uh, to prosecute them, let the rest of the police uh, do their job. Uh, listen, I've known Al Sharpton for many years. I know what he's like. He's going to take advantage of this uh, opportunity. Some of his one-liners uh, are great. But this is not the time to turn a funeral into a political rally, which is what they attempted to do. 60 seconds to go. Uh, Bill O'Reilly comes on 840 every Thursday right after you. I did give him your regards last week, and he writes great columns on BillOReilly.com. Your columns every week are great, too, and I mention them every time because they are so good. Your latest, The Legacy of George W. Bush and His Torturers. Tell us about that. Do you know, we all know who College Sheikh Mohammed is. We all know he's the mastermind of 9-11. We all know that he put it together. 
We all know that as, as a result of what he and his colleagues did, 3,000 of our uh, friends and relatives and colleagues and fellow New Yorkers and New Jerseyans were slaughtered on 9-11. The government is afraid to prosecute him. The government has engaged in secret plea bargaining negotiations. Why are they afraid to prosecute him? Because the court is going to allow all the torture to come out in the courtroom and all that Bush knew and didn't know and lied about. Mm. So now the prosecutors have gone to Joe Biden saying, we can't try this case. Give us permission to settle it. And Joe's going, I'm washing my hands of the whole thing. Let Merrick Garland decide whether or not to enter to accept the guilty. Oh, my God. Wow, that is, um, well, you know what, actually, if you would have said to me, Sid, if you would have laid out what what was uh, out there, I would have predicted that that would have been Biden's reaction, to be completely honest. It's disgraceful, but predictable, yes? Yeah, agreed. Disgraceful, but predictable. It's a decision that only the president of the United States uh, can make. Uh, And if Bush and Cheney had not authorized the torture, the case against these guys is locked solid. The evidence is overwhelming, and the government prosecutors are afraid to present it in a public court. Got to tell you, Judge, you are you are a great guest. I look forward, I really do, to all these Thursday conversations, reading your columns every week. I want to thank you for another great appearance. Right back, right back at you, my Murray Hill Diner and Villa Barulia. <laughs> Oh, God, I love Judge Napolitano. See, that's a guy that listens. He appreciates it. Murray Hill Diner and Villa Barulia, my new neighborhood, which is going to be my old neighborhood soon because the Rosenbergs are about to move to Battery Park. More on that coming soon. We'll come back with our number three, which includes Noam Layden and Bill O'Reilly on the Thursday edition of the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. And the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's me, sitting friends in the morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. 29, partly cloudy this Thursday, February 2nd. Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul proposed a $227 billion state budget yesterday representing a 1.4% increase over last year's budget, amounting to $5 million. It increases aid to schools, health care networks, funds for public safety and law enforcement, and expands housing in New York. Hochul's plan also calls for a hike on payroll taxes for predominantly downstate companies in order to fund mass transit, but not a personal income tax hike. We will not be raising income taxes because it's not a newsflash that New Yorkers already believe they pay too much. She also wants to increase cigarettes by a buck a pack. The budget also includes a billion for a broad array of services meant to aid newly arrived migrants in New York. State lawmakers must agree to pass the budget plan by April 1. A Sayreville, New Jersey councilwoman Eunice Dwumfor shot and killed Wednesday night in what was believed to be a targeted killing. Dwumfor, 30 years old, was found dead inside of her SUV shot multiple times. An investigation is ongoing. 
787 WABC News Time 702. Here's Justin Ellick with sports. Thanks, Deb. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. The Nets never quite showed up in Boston last night as they get absolutely ragdolled by the Celtics, 139-96. Brooklyn never stood a chance against the NBA-leading Celtics, who have now won all three meetings with the Nets this season. Looking ahead to hardwood action tonight, the Knicks are getting set to welcome in the Miami Heat for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off at the Garden. And, of course, this news probably won't get old for a while, so we'll keep it at the front of your minds. Tom Brady retired once again from the NFL yesterday, announcing in his social media video that he is walking away from the game, quote-unquote, for good. Here with sports, again, thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time, 803. Joan Olin has traffic and weather. Deegan in Van Cortland Park, there's an accident. One lane is out of service, and you're backed up as this been here for a while now. Well into Westchester County now. If you're on the northern state coming in from the island at New Hyde Park Road, an accident there. And then on the LIE on the inbound side of the Grand Central Parkway on the outer roadway, there is a crash. That also in the right lane. George Washington Bridge getting to New Jersey, upper level, an accident right lane. Three vehicles involved right at the exit for Route 4 on the Jersey side. We're also looking at delays on the northbound side of 287 getting into Mountain Avenue, exit 52, right up by Route 23. Again, that earlier accident is out of the way. And then eastbound on 280 now, the ramp to exit 7 is going to be blocked with a pretty serious accident. Mass transit in pretty good shape this morning, at least at this point, and alternate side of the street parking rules are in effect. The Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly sunny today, the high 41, partly cloudy tonight, the low 23. And then tomorrow, sunny, windy, the high 27. The overnight low, though, will be in the single digits with the wind chill below zero. And then Saturday, sunny, high 26. It's 30 degrees. I'm Joe Nolan. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. With soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas, available exclusively at Pajamagram. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. She'll love the feeling of wearing next to nothing at all. Order today, use code RADIO, and Pajamagram will include free Valentine's Day deluxe packaging, which includes red velvet gift bag, lotion, and eye mask. That's a $40 saving with code RADIO. Get her a gift that's a sure thing. Valentine's night done right. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code RADIO to order your naturally nude pajamas. And tell them Heather sent you. Order now. Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly. The number of U.S. households containing a mother, father, and children reaching a record low. New data from the Census Bureau finds just 18% of American homes contain a traditional family. Weeknights at 9, after the great one, Mark Levin. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Seventeen, you don't think that much about life. You're just living. Like kerosene dancing around the fire. But you're in. So you jump right in. Ain't afraid to. 
Get ready for some Luke Combs. She got the best of me at 8.06 on your Thursday morning, hour number three of the number one show here in New York. That's me, Sid. Sid and friends in the morning. We've had a great show already. Judge Napolitano was great. <laughs> Fiery conversation with Ronnie and Sana earlier this morning. Still to come this hour, Noam Layden, and, of course, the biggest segment of the week on this station. Ratings-wise, a statistical fact me and Bill O'Reilly coming up at 8.40. The great Bo Deedle makes his second appearance of the week coming up at 9.05. And Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News on COVID, coming up at 9.25. I do want to send a shout-out to my uh, my best buddy, really, my dear friend Tom Mango. You hear me mention Cheryl and Thomas on this show all the time. Cheryl and Danielle been friends for about 35 years. And uh, through Cheryl, uh, I met Thomas in fact, I, send, I signed their ketubah at their wedding way back when at a place called La Mer, which was a great, great place, Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn, for many years. I think Claire Panisse owned it. She went on to move down to Florida and opened up um, Plato's Repeat, her and her husband. But uh, long story short, Tommy and I have been friends for a long time, and his mother has been sick for a long time, and she died yesterday. And um, my heart goes out to Tom and Cheryl, and we've got a funeral now on Saturday morning, which um, I don't uh, particularly enjoy funerals. Most people don't. They're having a big luncheon at Michael's in Brooklyn. But I do want to send uh, Thomas and Cheryl our love, me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe, and uh, our condolences. So that was very sad. Uh, one other piece of news this morning is Punxsutawney Phil, named after you, Macedonia, Phil? Exactly. Very yeah, good. I thought so. Punxsutawney is actually the capital of Macedonia. Is that true? No. No. It's just funny that, like, like the he's Phil and you're Phil, you know? Yeah, it's hilarious. We're the only two Phils in the yeah, entire world. only ones. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really... <laughs> now that you mention it, actually, I didn't find it to be funny at all, but now that you bring it up, yeah. it's not funny at all still. Yeah. So what did we find out from the... Uh, well, this moron saw a shadow, so it seems like we're going to have six more weeks <laughs> of winter. This moron? Yeah, why couldn't he just not see a shadow? It's not hard to No, it's not it. his fault. He's just a furry little cute little animal. He Joe is. Biden's a moron. He's, just, he's a cute little animal. Joe Biden's a cute little furry animal, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess he is. So now we're getting six more weeks of winter? More like a jackass. There yeah. it is. Oh, oh, from downtown. Done, yeah. Oh, sweet. You know, like a comedy to, hour uh, right I now. I want to see my, uh, my, my apartment that I'll be moving to in a couple of weeks in Battery Park last night. And I got to tell you. You're down by the water. Now, again, we live in Rockaway, Lou. I live on the beach. You're right across the street. And the average cold night in the city feels a lot colder at home. Same thing in Battery Park. We grabbed a bite to eat downstairs on the water. And it was blustery and freezing like Saturday. It's going to be brutal there. Yeah, probably be single digits. Yeah, yeah. So on one hand, it's you know you got the view and you got the water and it's really very pretty, it really is. But on a cold night, it is brutal. I couldn't wait to get out of there last night. So uh, six more weeks of winter 
according to Punk's attorney, Phil. Now, Tom Brady, Mike Tarico was just on MSNBC. He broke some real news. Anybody with this? Hold on. Wait a second. Yeah, so make sure you're sitting down now. He bought a box of tissues. No. Mike Tarico made this bold statement. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever. No. We're not going to do that now. I need proof. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, what's your proof? Seven Super Bowl rings? I don't know. So um, it's so silly, all these sports guys. But just in case you didn't hear, you have to be on Mars not to, the greatest quarterback of all time, maybe the greatest player, you got Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor. These are some of the greatest players ever. My dad's generation will tell you Johnny Unitas. My grandfather's generation will tell you Otto Graham. I'm telling you, Tom Brady's the greatest player ever. And yesterday, he did officially announce he's done. Now, what's ironic is, last year, same exact day, Feb 1, he announced he was retiring. But, of course, he played another season. Sub 500, but the Buccaneers still won the division. And he lost the playoff game. Yesterday, he said, it's over for good. And Adam Schefter goes, and I believe him. As if I care what Adam Schefter thinks. But for what it's worth, I believe him too. So if you missed it, here was Tom Brady's, I guess, Twitter message from Costa Rica that it's all over yesterday. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring. No. For good. What? I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record. And let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super kind of ready, emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, it's crying. my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. Shut up. You stop. It was very, very emotional. Did you see the uh, comment his now soon-to-be, I don't know, ex-wife? Giselle Bungeon? I heard heard she actually stopped having sex with her boyfriend for two seconds just to comment on Brady's page. (laughs) I love love Fox News has the head... Fox what? News has the headline, uh, Giselle Bunchen sends a heartfelt message to Tom Brady following yeah. time. Yeah. The, the heartfelt message was an exact quote here. Wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. Your life. Your. Which I'm not part of anymore, thank God. That your must hit him like a bullet. <laughs> yeah. He just read that and yeah. just collapsed. So you guys know that Christopher <laughs> Mad Dog Russo is one of my dear friends. He's on this show all the time. He was on just two days ago. Part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination for over 20 years at WFAN. Mike Brancessa went on to do the show by himself. Doggy wanted to Sirius XM. Now Doggy is still there. Mike is kind of retired. He's got a podcast. But they uh, reunited, to quote Peaches and Herb, they reunited Mike and the Mad Dog on ESPN yesterday. Did you know that? I didn't. Uh, I This morning, it's, uh, yes. Justin told me it. Stephen A. Smith is on with Chris Russo, or Russo's on with Stephen A. Smith every week, and Francesa Joined the party yesterday, a Mike and the Mad Dog reunion. Hold on. What? what ho, 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 ho. <laughs> well, they both talked about Brady's retirement. Here is Mike on ESPN saying he's not the best. Of course, Mike Brancessa, number 15. He's not the best regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Peyton Manning was. 
What? He's not the best Super Bowl quarterback who ever lived. Joe Montana is. What he is, though, is the guy who played the longest and he won the most games. He won the most Super Bowls. So he will be remembered because nobody's going to play 23 years and nobody's probably ever going to have a chance to win that many Super Bowls. It's almost impossible to do. He was in the right place with the right coach and he was that competitive. But so let me say this. In the Super Bowl, just take the Super Bowl performances, nobody ever has competed on the level Joe Montana competed on. Not even close. And in the regular season, I watch every game in the regular season. The best down-to-down, Sunday-to-Sunday quarterback I've ever seen regular season was Peyton Manning. How about that? Peyton Manning, best regular season. And in Montana, he's right about that. All four Super Bowls, he put up big numbers. And uh, Brady did not in every Super Bowl do that. Uh, but he still says he's the best quarterback based on longevity. And he emphasized that point, Mike Brancessa, in the second cut, cut number 16, Lewis, right here. I have to say this to you, Mike Francesa. Let me tell you something right now. Initially, when you said that, I was going to say what blasphemous rhetoric is coming out of this man's mouth. But as I think about it, I'm like this. He's right. Hey, he's he, he wasn't the greatest regular season quarterback, nope. and he wasn't the greatest Peyton Super Bowl Manning quarterback. Was, uh, so, so, so here's my question yes. to you. My question to you is this. Do you have any issue with Tom Brady being recognized as the greatest ever based on what you just said about the regular season and Super Bowl performance? No, because longevity matters, and that means records. And winning all those Super Bowls matters because that's how we keep score. But if you ask me, you have one game to win. I'm picking Joe Montana. Joe Montana's Super Bowl quarterback rating was 127.8. Brady's was in the 90s. Brady was great in the Super Bowl, but let's be honest. Not he got a lot of breaks in the Super Bowl, too. Montana yes. never made a mistake in the Super Bowl, never threw an interception, and he never lost. I thought he was the best Super Bowl quarterback. I thought Manning was the best, but when you add it all up and you add in all the games and all the years, and you're going to have 23 years and seven Super Bowls, nobody's going to surpass yeah. Yeah, he's, he's right about that. I mean, Brady did lose three Super Bowls, 0-2 against my guy Eli Manning and the Giants, and was not great in all the wins. Mike's right. Montana was great in all four of those 49er wins. One more Mad Dog Russo, my buddy Chris, agreeing with Mike. That didn't happen in 20 years. His doggy cut number 17. Yeah, I think Mike hit it right in the head. I know him and I used to fight about Peyton Manning all the time. Yes. Because I don't think Manning as his greatest. He was Mike a bad does. postseason quarterback. Not great. But he was like a Pippen. great regular season quarterback. He was. We fought like Pippen, like yes. crazy with Pippen. We used to fight these things. Okay. Because I think Manning is a little overrated historically. Mm. Because in the playoffs, he wasn't nearly as good as he was, was in the regular season. He was a bad playoff quarterback. Not as good. Not as good. Well, was he bad? Yes. Or did he not measure up to, to Tom Brady? No, he was bad. Because he didn't even play to the level he played in the regular season. And I want a guy to play at the same level or higher in the postseason. See, see, and he see. didn't even play see, to his see. regular yes, season yes. performance. That's why this is special. See, I, I love him. <laughs> see, this, this, this is special. Because if they know, like to see yeah. if I said this stuff, I know why you hate it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for that. So Mike and the Mad Dog reunite. You know who agrees with both Mike and Chris? You're not going to believe it. Hunter Biden. Yes, Hunter Biden on record yesterday, he was on ESPN, saying the same exact thing. You have that audio, Bill? I, I uh, don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I think Hunter Biden is very busy these days. So here's where Hunter Biden is smart. He's dead man in the water. They got the laptop, Rudy Giuliani, the FBI. Uh, the good news for him is, is that the FBI has zero interest 
in pursuing anything against the Biden family. We know that. We know that. So they got him dead to right. They got everything on there. All you want. Secrets from other countries, right down to prostitutes and smoking crack. Whatever you want. They got it. So Hunter says, here's what I'm going to do. Or maybe his father, who knows, told him what to do. I'm going to actually go after the folks that are going after me. Right? What is your best offense? A great defense. So instead of sitting there in a cocaine-induced stupor with a hot Russian escort on one side and a Ukrainian on the other, I'm going to start to go after these people because they're bothering me. Genius. So Ted Cruz was on with our good friend Sean Hannity on Fox News last night talking about this, this strategy by Hunter Biden. This, uh, this Lewis, is cut number 11, Ted Cruz, courtesy of Sean Hannity and Fox News. Well, look, the Alcoa email, he was asking Alcoa, pay me $55,000. Now, I want you to think, when was the last time you demanded of someone, give me 55 grand for what? For my insight on Russian oligarchs and their networks of elites in Russia. And he's pitching this to them. Now, listen, Hunter Biden doesn't know anything about this. He doesn't have any history or background in this, which means at a minimum, he made a business out of selling access to daddy, making millions of dollars to daddy. But the inference from both of these emails, the obvious inference is that he's reading materials assembled for his father when he's the sitting vice president. And both of these materials, look, the intelligence agencies do assessments of Russian oligarchs, of the networks of elites. What he's offering to sell is exactly the type of material that is contained in classified briefings. Now, we know, of course, with the discussion with Napolitano just a moment ago, that the FBI has been searching Biden's home, looking for more documents. And Cruz made the point with Sean last night that they got to go to the University of Delaware. They got to go to Hunter Biden's house. They got to keep going. Ted Cruz, once again, courtesy of Sean Hannity, Fox News, Lewis, cut number 12. We will know this special counsel. On the plus side, the special counsel, Robert Hur was a former clerk to Chief Justice William Rehnquist. That's encouraging. Chief Justice Rehnquist was my former boss. That's encouraging. On the negative side, this special counsel was the right hand to Rod Rosenstein and also to Chris Ray. That raises real concerns about his involvement in, in, in the Russia hoax and, and, and the abuses from the deep state going after Donald Trump. And, and it really will be the proof will be in the pudding. If right, he Senator. is willing to examine the evidence, I believe he, need, he needs to, the FBI needs to search the documents of the University of Delaware, and it needs Agreed. to search Hunter Biden's home and business ad- addresses to f- see if there are classified documents at any of those places. Agreed. By the way, uh, my dear friend Joseph Abu checks in, the best men's clothing designer in the world. And, of course, he's a Boston fan, Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, blah, blah, blah. He goes, sour grapes. By Francesa, Tom Brady is simply the greatest quarterback of all time. How about the amazing comeback against Atlanta in the Super Bowl? That was amazing. He's right about that. Or the collapse by Atlanta. Right. All they had to do was run the ball for a while. You're right, but Brady still made some big plays. But the Falcons should have won that. Ryan, those guys blew it. But that was a great one. But there were other Super Bowls where he wasn't great. And Montana was great in all four, to Mike's point. Hey, look. 
that's uh, to be honest, that's a great point by you, Sid. That's a great point. <laughs> Agreeing with Mike, who I agreed with a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. you know, Mike and I, we always disagreed on that. But that's a great point. That's Thank a great you. point. Thank you. Everybody great agreed point. yesterday. Stephen point. A. Smith, Russo, Mike. They even got me convinced. Francesa, Peyton Manning, greatest regular season quarterback ever, and the greatest postseason quarterback ever, Joe Montana. All right, a lot more to do. Yes, Norm Layden is coming up next. Norm's very entertaining, really entertaining. He's coming up next. And then, oh, baby, the big one, Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840-plus. A really exciting 9 o'clock hour ahead as well. Luke Combs and Sid Rosenberg only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty. Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Next season of Real Housewives of New Jersey starts on Tuesday. That's one of my guilty pleasures, I admit it. I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, they're losers, the girls are skanks, the husbands are losers. That's fine. 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 It's um, easy TV for me. They, they are crazy people, but they're their own crazy people. So tomorrow live in studio will be uh, Frank Catania, used to be married to Dolores. Joe Gorga, married to Melissa. And Joe Beningo, married to Margaret. They'll all be in studio tomorrow. Joe, Joe Benigno. First cousin of your Joe Benigno from WFAN, but not oh. the same guy. Oh, you fooled me yesterday. I had him on the air the same time once, because they never talk. They <laughs> saw each other at a wedding like 30 years ago, and they never talk. I'm like, your first cousin's got the same name. Okay, they're related. Yes, and bro. they were on the air together. Bro. I set it up, I and they're luck. like, and you know Joe Benigno, yo, bro, we got to get together. Yeah. And, and, my, and Benigno yeah. from the house, is like, okay, Joe, let's do it. And uh, nothing's happened since. Are you Nothing. kidding? Yeah, I know exactly. So they'll be here tomorrow. Stay well. Stay love well, bro. All the love to my yeah. cousin Joey B. <laughs> and then they offered me some uh, lady, Dr. Nicole Morton, from the Housewives of Miami for next week. Let me put her on. I'll see. I don't know. We'll talk to Bill O'Reilly. We got a really good trio of guests about to come your way. Bill O'Reilly, always the top ratings getter of the week on this station. Coming up at 840, Bo Deedle back for a second time this week, live in Studio 905. And then Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News on the latest with COVID, coming up at 925. But Noam Layden, back for round two at WABC. So great to have him back. Great news guy, really entertaining, really smart with his, what is this uh, called? Uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> you can name it. I mean, it's just a matter of time before they drag you into a sales meeting and go, why don't we uh, sponsor exactly. that? Well, you have a name for it? Uh, you know, we can come up with one. I'll, I'll think about it. All right. Well, for now, we'll just say, here he is, Noam Layden. You know, I was having this um, this uh, bad parent moment last night. Now, you know, it's funny when he says that, just so you know, Noam is a giant fan like Sid. 
Noam is bald like Sid. That's right. Noam is Jewish like Sid. I am. And Noam's only son's name is Gabriel like Sid. I have two kids, but I do have one named Gabriel. Oh, you have two boys? Yeah. Ah. But uh, a lot a lot in common. Yeah. But much like Sid, you're a great parent. So why would you think you want yeah. to get a moment? I only said that because it gets me into this bit that I want to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, so I figured let's play a game of good parent, bad parent. Right. right. Okay. So couple shows up at Ben Gurion Airport on Tuesday in Tel Aviv without a ticket for their infant. Okay, this is an easy one. I'll start easy. So, so they... the three of them are flying, but there's no plane ticket for the baby. That's right. So the airline says you have to buy the ticket for the infant, even though it's going to sit on your lap. 27 bucks. the couple says no. They leave the infant at the counter. They race for the plane. They get on the plane to go to Brussels. The plane is about to take off. They realize oh the uh, security that there's this infant sitting there, and it's nobody's. Oh, my God. They pull them off the plane. and uh, they uh, before, you any further, mm-hmm. before you go any further, before you go any further, those two people should be arrested. Okay. So and they that, should take that kid away from those two people, not today, yesterday. Well, they didn't want to ruin their trip to Brussels. I mean, I sort of <laughs> yeah, see where I they were coming from. understand, but yeah. you, you can't forget the baby. All right, so that's an easy one. Bad parents. Then I take you to Leah Garcia. This is from a couple weeks ago. She has a daughter. Does anybody here on the show have a unibrow? Uh, no, but you know what's a, t- a horrible unibrow is Anthony Davis oh, on the Los yes, Angeles Lakers, yeah. the former Kentucky star. That is that is the most perfect, ugliest unibrow ever, ever. Well, Leah Garcia has a three-year-old daughter who has a unibrow, okay? Yeah. And uh, so she says uh, she's trying to decide whether to take it off. So should she should she help her daughter at three years old? Should yeah. she rip it off Absolutely. with wax? Absolutely, yeah. All right, well, with here's wax? What, yeah, here's what it sounded like. Why don't you put those on your lips? Ready? One, two, three. She's got two no eyebrows. Wasn't crap. bad. All right, good parent. I mean, right? the uh, the Chinese guy who was yelling on the airplane that time when they tried to remove him from his seat was screaming like they were killing him. Yeah, all right. That so was nothing. Good parent, I think. That's right? a good parent. Yeah, but, you, you cannot okay. allow. It's like the other uh, cleft palate thing. Now gets, you got to get that fixed. One it gets a little more difficult here. All right. Right? Little Weston starting kindergarten in December, yeah. and his mom's teaching him everything about what's great about going to school, right? Because he's right. scared about going to school. Sure. So she buys him a bulletproof backpack. A what? And bulletproof backpack. Where's he going to school, this kid? Uh, just in Kentucky, and she trains him what to do if a gunman comes into the classroom. How did she train him? Well, uh, here's the little TikTok she put up uh, a couple weeks ago of how she trained her son if a gunman comes to the classroom. He's three years old. Teacher calls over the intercom, says, this is not a drill. Everybody go in the corner and be really quiet and still. What do you do? Now show me how you use your bulletproof backpack. Okay, job. If a teacher says, Weston, you don't need your backpack, let's get in the corner. I say, no, I need it. It's bulletproof. If the police are outside the door, but the shooter is in your room and they call out, is anybody in there? What do you do? I say, I'm here. Absolutely not. You don't say a word. Okay, you get out of the building. Where do you go? Where do you run? Outside. Where outside? Home. I got to tell you, that's a mother of the year right there. Now, you may say she's a little paranoid. A little. You yeah. don't want to destroy this kid at three years old, make him think if he goes to school, he's going to die. And and look, but all the school shootings are way too many. It's alarming. It's horrible. But it's still a very minute percentage right. compared to the amount of schools and kids in this country. So she may be a little paranoid. Just I'll give a little. <laughs> yeah. Bulletproof but, backpack. Well, yeah. well, he might be the only kid that walks back out. Right. No, he may, yeah, he may be the one that, uh, right, that's right. So that's a tough one. Lewis, what do you think? I think it's 
God bless America is what I say because <laughs> if, we, if we got to do, if, I'm glad I don't have kids. Oh, that that's, is great that's stuff. That's it because I couldn't even. Start yeah, that's the tough. Like, yeah. Okay, you're gonna wear this backpack. Yeah, and see, what happens? I, I, I always try to minimize the fear. Like I'm always like, ah, everything's fine. Even when I know that there may be an issue, right? I tell my kids everything's fine, and I get yelled at because it's like, well, <laughs> you got to be real, but. I try to minimize the fear. Even while he's getting pickpocketed. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he just wanted oh, to touch my wallet. That's all. It's fine. Don't worry about that. Excellent stuff, Noam Layton. Very, very good. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. He promised to have an infrastructure week. For four years, he promised infrastructure. <laughs> There, um, Biden, I think he meant infrastructure, but at any rate, he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on Talk Radio 77 WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com, interviews, TV show, his columns, all amazing. His killing series, Killing the Legends, really uh, came to light this week with the death of Lisa Marie Presley. And of all the segments all week long on WABC, I mean every show. Every show, nothing comes close, ratings-wise, to this one with me, and that is the best ever, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, good Thursday morning. How are you, pal? You know, I'm listening to the four-part harmony of the Beach Boys when they were in their early 20s, and it's still amazing. I know. I know you love Mike Love. He was on this show, on your show, not that long ago, and they're still great. They are still great. You know, talking about amazing, I played cuts earlier. We'll get to the... The political stuff. Uh, Mike and the Mad Dog reunited together yesterday on ESPN, first time in a long time. And they both made the point that the best regular season quarterback ever, Peyton Manning, the best Super Bowl quarterback ever, Joe Montana, they're willing to call Tom Brady the greatest because of the amount of years and victories, but neither said on any given day he's been the best quarterback ever. Your thoughts? Well, I listened to the first uh, for the 8 to the 8.30 uh, sit-in friends. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Look, how many uh, times did Brady get to the Super Bowl? Ten. How many Super Bowls did he win? Seven. That's it. That's what I think. See ya. That's it. I mean, in order to get to the Super Bowl, Mike and the Mad Dog got to win more games throughout the season. Nobody's come close nope. to getting to the Super Bowl ten times. See, I'm an analytical guy, and I'm not uh, casting aspersions on uh, Francesca and Russo. I know them both, and they're very entertaining guys and all of that. But their job is to get attention to themselves, okay? And the way you do that in the sports world is to create controversy so people pick up the phone and call you. It's not 
like what I do and take an issue and then analyze the issue based on facts and historical perspective. But this one is fairly easy. Brady is the best by far. He won the most games to get to the most Super Bowls, to win the most Super Bowls. So leave him alone. All right, there it is. That is great analysis from Bill O'Reilly. Let's get to the Tyree Nichols funeral yesterday. Everybody agrees. Oh, we've heard about this guy, super guy. Horrible, horrible tragedy. But any time Al Sharpton and or Kamala Harris arrive on the scene, it goes from a horrible human tragedy to a political circus. All Sharpton wants is donations. All Kamala cares about is demonizing police. She's actually upset the cops weren't white. She can't make it about race. But at least she can demonize police. Those two showed up yesterday, Bill. That was disgraceful. Well, I disagree with you on Harris. She had to do it. That's her job is uh, to attend ceremonial events like this. When I use the word ceremonial, um, that's what a funeral is. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. If a white guy was killed by the police, she wasn't going to be there. What do yeah, you mean? But, I mean, I, I don't want to do speculation. Oh, that's I can tell you a fact. I can tell you she wouldn't be there. Fact. Okay. All right. You may be right on that. But it's her job to do that. The White House wanted her to do it, so she did it. So I can't criticize her on, well, maybe she wouldn't have done it if the police officers were white. I can say that if they were white, this uh, country would be on fire. And that's how fragile our social fabric is. And people should understand that, that we're one away from having, um, you know, violence and death in the streets. Yeah. Okay, one away. Yep. Now, what I did was... Uh, call for two things. Number one, an extensive um, state-run analysis of these five police officers who committed symbolic suicide. You have to understand that. Not just one person's life gone. There are six people, five cops and Tyree, and of course their families grievously hurt. So why would you as a police officer commit symbolic suicide? Do you not understand what happened with George Floyd? Do you not see that? What about your families at home? Do you not understand that you being in prison for decades destroys uh, the structure of your family? This is critical to get inside the minds of those five individuals when they did that heinous thing. You're not going to get it at first because the lawyers will step in and say, excuse me, don't tell them anything or deny, deny, whatever it may be. But you can get it, and it has to be done at a very high level with PhDs and and some law enforcement combining in a little task force. Not a lot of people to interview extensively in prison these five officers to find out what was going through their mind exactly. Mm, That is the key to this whole thing. I agree. Yeah, you if, made you, that. if you look at the big picture, and very few people do or want to, and you're correct about that, Kamala Harris has got an agenda, and and I'll get to Sharpton in a minute. But there are 800,000 current law enforcement people working. The average amount of civilians in America killed by police in the last five years is a little more than a thousand a year. And of those thousand, more than half were shooting at police, trying to kill police. Right. So when you do the math, and literally, 
This is an infinitesimal amount of people being killed by police in this country. Infinitesimal. However, any death like the one that we saw in that videotape is unacceptable. Now, Sharpton, you're right about, but but here's the kicker on why I didn't really go into it too much last night on the No Spin News, which, by the way, now has gotten uh, dis- is going to be distributed by <clears throat> DirecTV. Wow. Which is a huge. Yes. Congratulations. That's a big yeah, I mean, deal. It's, for, an, for an independent news agency like me to have worldwide distribution at this level, is it's unprecedented. Yeah. Unheard of. Yeah. Never happened before. But anyway, Sharpton is a polarizer. So as soon as he shows up, half the country is um, not angry, but they're disappointed. However, the family may have asked for him. Yeah, no, the family does. And I'll give you another stat. It's more than half the country. Uh, I know it's anecdotal, but there's even black Democrats that I speak to that do not consider Al Sharpton the voice of the African-American community. So I would tell you it's more than half the country that doesn't like him. And they have good reason not to like him. All right, I know Sharpton for a long, long time. And he's not a trustworthy individual. <laughs> I can tell you that. And I know that. Okay? I yeah. know that firsthand. Yeah. yeah, you and Tawana Brawley both know that. Um, <laughs> so, But if the family, particularly the mother of Tyree, says, I would like him to give the eulogy, you can't intrude on it. Right, that's true. No, you're right. Very good point, Bill O'Reilly. That's why he's going to be on DirecTV. That's why he's the best. Quite a story in today's New York Post. After years of denial... Hunter Biden admits, Bill, okay, yeah, it's my laptop, but here's what he's doing. He's going the, on the offensive, right? And he's saying, Giuliani, all these people that got my laptop and delved into it and said all these things about me, I'm going after them. So now he's kind of flipping the script and saying, yeah, you got it, you got it, but you still shouldn't be talking about this stuff. Quite the move by Hunter Biden, huh? Yeah, the lawyers, uh, Abby Lowell, who grew up near me in uh, Levittown, um, interestingly enough, you've been around forever. They're now uh, telling um, Hunter Biden to go on the offensive, to, you know, to, because certain people did certain things. They may be able to get those people on and on and on. But Hunter Biden isn't smart enough, or nor is his father, Joe Biden, to know that the longer you keep the tawdry laptop in the public eye, the more you're going to get hurt. See, nobody cares about some guy in a shop that you left the laptop there inexplicably looking at it. Nobody nobody cares about that. And then you're going to make that a centerpiece of a lawsuit. All right, you're right to do it. You can do it. Where is it going to get you and your father? It's not. It's just going to get you more negative headlines. Oh, look at this. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just it summons it up again. Not that it's going to go away because now the next shoe is going to be Congress, the committee saying, okay. Um, here's the money, and that's the nexus of this story. Right. So you got these migrants, and finally the cops came out last night, Bill, went to the Watson Hotel. You got to go. They've been saying it for days, and the migrants are like, no, we're not going. And you've heard this before. We've created the monster. So while the city and the mayor can be angry at these people, and they're clearly ungrateful because they came here for a better quality of life, and I don't care if the hotel sucks and the food sucks, it's still better than where they originated from. But the truth is we've created, not you and I, the city, the state, the government, have created 
these monsters, have they not? Yeah, of course. But if I were them, I'd do the same thing. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, I'm not going. Hey, you're going to go to Brooklyn. You know, I'm not going to Brooklyn. I got a $400 night hotel room with three meals a day, and I got I got big screen TV, yeah. and I got free coffee, and uh, I can get out here and walk around, and I'm not going to Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to Brooklyn. I know. If you make me, I'm going to get a civil rights lawyer in here, and they're going to do this. Oh, man, look, this is what the what it is. You know, the people come here quickly are told by the uh, uh, migrant rights crew, these are your rights. This is what you can do. Uh, then they get the hotel, and they go, "Whoa, this is great." And then some guy comes in and goes, um, excuse me, you're going to Brooklyn. No, I'm not. I'm not going to Brooklyn. You know, that's the mentality of human nature. And, you know, you sit here and you just it just gets more bizarre every second. And, yeah, they're going to have to go to Brooklyn. I mean, they're going to get removed and they're going to go over there. But I, when I saw it, I wasn't surprised. I no, mean, I'm surprised. no, I'm not surprised. But I have to tell you that, I, you know, this I've become friendly with the mayor. I think it's good to have a, a, a somebody on my side of the aisle, if you will, in his ear. To his credit, he, he's willing to listen. We become very friendly. Dinners together, got to know my family. But I can't really continue to protect him and defend him if he's going to go out there and want it both ways. Don't tell me Biden's doing great, Hochul's doing great, and then complain about the city. So eventually, the mayor, Bill O'Reilly, I think you'd agree, is going to have to come to the realization one of these sides isn't working. And I know they're your side. They're your side. But if you have designs on the White House, you need to call it fairly. And he's not doing that right now. No, he's still inside the Democratic machine in New York City. And he's not going to go out. I don't think he'll ever go outside that machine um, because that protects um, the mayor and the governor and all the loons up in Albany that are passing these heinous laws that are hurting all the folks. You go outside the machine and you're a traitor. So that's a calculation he has to make. And he believes he's glib enough, as you said, to play both sides of the issue. But surely... Um, Mayor Adams understands that this problem is not going to get any better as long as Biden's president. Yep. But I can guarantee you that he will endorse Biden for president. Yes, he will. Oh, you're 100 percent right. I don't right. feel sorry for Mayor Adams. Yep. Yep. I don't. Yep. I mean, this is what politicians do all the time. He's not different. But if anybody was expecting somebody to stand up for them, them being the taxpayer, because we're paying for the $400 a night room. Who do you think's paying for that? Okay? Yep. It's the New Yorkers are paying for it. Yeah. They may get some federal money in the backup, but this is insane. I mean, we're sitting here, and then though the Democratic machine supports the Biden administration, period. Yeah. It is disheartening. Uh, but what's great is uh, the Killing Series. I know on BillOReilly.com is always a terrific deal. Valentine's Day is coming up, Bill. Let's get something done on the website. Yeah, I'm not the most romantic guy in the world. Uh, people might have picked that up. Um, I, I try. Uh, you are. I got to know I, the real. I, I, I got to know the real Bill O'Reilly. You're actually very, very, very sweet. Yeah, but I, I don't know any poems, and I'm not. I, I don't think J Lo would like me. You know, you got to hold her hand. Look, you got to hold J Lo's hand like ten hours a day. You get chapped. You 
get chapped <laughs> in the cold weather doing that. You know, you got to be hugging, hugging, whispering sweet no, nothing. No good, no good. I love your ponytail, J-Lo. <laughs> I, I just can't see myself in that. Oh God, right. But Valentine's Day, well, you know, I'm going to, I'll come up with something and God knows what it is. <laughs> okay. Killing the Legends is still on sale on the website? Yeah, oh, Killing Legends. I just signed a thousand books yesterday. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I mean, it's like, ah. Uh. And now I'm writing Killing the right. Witches, uh, which is going to be out in September. Another uh, very big book, I think. Um, and so we're doing that. And the cover is posted on BillOReilly.com. And we appreciate always you mentioning it, Sid. And, um, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog, Brady's the best. But I understand what you guys are doing. I know what you're doing. You fool me. Yeah. And Mike is a neighbor of yours, too. So, hey, listen, uh, another really great appearance. Congratulations on the DirecTV stuff. That is really huge, Bill. Congrats. And we'll do it again next week, pal. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me in, Sid. You got See it, you. my man. Bill O'Reilly, the best. Bo Deedle is coming up next. Bo's always great, too, live in studio. I give Bo two appearances a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then we'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel at 925 and play Sitch Take at 940. Keep it right here. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. We're running with the shadows of the night. So baby, take my hand. All right, folks, 9.06 on your Thursday morning, fourth and final hour. Sitting friends in the morning. We only have one guest come on twice a week, only one. All the nice things to say about Bill O'Reilly, Rich Lowry, all these guys. Only one comes on twice a week, and that's because not only is he great on the air, but I, I love him. He's family to me and Danielle. Oh, Curtis is on twice a week, too. You're right. You're right. But Bo Deedle is my guy, and he's tan and handsome and Ready to kick some major ass this morning. I would just warn people listening right now that the next 15 minutes, whoever you are, it could be you. That's all I'm going to say. It could be you. Lou, keep your finger on the button, all right, Lou? All right. We have actually multiple all right, buttons. Listen to me. Let's just start off with this morning. You know, I listen to this show religiously. I'm the biggest listener all day long. I got the appetitions and all that. What an idiot, that Ron Asanta little punk. <laughs> that little punk. Oh, He's boy. got the audacity to talk about my bow tie wearing friend. Tucker Carlson. Who happens to be the best guy on radio and TV. Well, and you're exactly TV, right. I'm radio. Oh, he's he's going to fight. Where's he going to fight? The midget match? Where are you going to fight? <laughs> You've been wrong about the economy oh, from God. the beginning. You know who knows about the economy? Why don't you read Charlie Gasparino's column? He's a man. He knows what he's talking about. And he'll kick your butt oh. with one hand tied behind Oh, he's man. tough. You know, by the way, yeah. you know why I saw Charlie Gasparino lately? Where? Your Christmas party. Yeah, Charlie's my man. He's but a good he, guy. But he's smart. Very he's smart. a tough guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's probably one of the smartest economists but there I, is. I thought way back when in the old Imus days, you became friendly with Ron and Santa. No. I, I was friendly with him, but listen to him. He's with those morons. Uh, uh, CM, oh, I'm only with CNBC. Oh, I'm sorry, from MSNBC, CNBC, CNN. You're with a bunch of idiots. And then you were so, you want to see where the idiots show up? Just listen to him every day. This poor kid, Tyree Nichols, beat to death by these punk 
cops. Oh, they had to throw the fat little white guy in there. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. Then they just indicted some fat white yeah, cop that yeah. was standing there. Duh. And they indicted him, too. They indicted the emergency service. Why didn't they indict me, too? So now all of a sudden, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, you got the I... normal. You got the normal. This is a, a funeral. This is a funeral for this young man who was unnecessarily beat to death. And those five cops... Should go to jail for the rest of your life. When you wear a uniform and a badge, you are on a higher level than a regular person. And there is no 25 minutes of an intense beating, hitting them with the, in the head with the metal clubs and kicking them in the head. There is no excuse for this. <laughs> and I don't care about it. And anybody that can side with that needs to smoke some crack. Well, let me ask oh, you this. So, wait, 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 wait. In all your years yeah. as a cop, in all yeah. your years as a cop, yeah. very decorated, yeah. almost 20 yeah. years, yeah. highly regarded, yeah. all, all deserve it. Are you going to say to me right now, and I believe you, yeah. are you going to say to me right now that at no point, and you're the toughest cop yeah, ever, go ahead. Yeah, at no point in your career did you use... Unnecessary force. It was all necessary. You, re- <laughs> you remember one thing? I was a decoy. I was about five times stabbed, shot at. Yeah. One guy shoots at me five times. He throws the gun down. He goes, you got me. I say, got you, mother? Yeah. Right hook <laughs> beat a couple good shots. Yeah. But it was not a continuous beating where I beat him to death. No, you didn't hit him I give him a couple times. of times. Bing, right. bing, bing. Right. And then he went to the hospital. Right. <laughs> That's okay. But the point is, when a guy shoots at you five times, right. That's... I think he was trying to. We didn't have a bulletproof vest. On. Lucky thing, the guy couldn't shoot the damn uh, gun. But this whole funeral, man, they all come out. They all come out. You have my friend Sharpton, the shakedown man. Then you have the well, lamp and hyena. You mean that? He's a... I know him since 85. We used to call him the fat rat. He used to weigh about right, six, right. 400 pounds. I know, and they, he was they an informant. Stabbed him, they stabbed him in Bensonhurst. Hold on. He was an informant in 1985. For who? An informant against my boys up in East Harlem. That come on. Come on. That mother. Oh, come on. Come on. What come are we on. talking all about right, here? So now all of a sudden he's Mr. <laughs> Dippity Doo. All of a sudden his hair's all gray and he looks like a friggin' Martian. Okay. Let's get back to my friend there, Tari Nichols. Seems like some gentleman, but I don't understand something. I talk about it every day. The biggest threat to the black community are not cops. There are millions of interactions. And where? Where is the laughing hyena? Where is Sharpton? 10,000 blacks were killed last year. 98% of them by other blacks. Little children, little young kids, toddlers, infants shot dead in Chicago. Where are they? Why aren't they out there now? Why is it Kamala the left and I don't know. And then I will got... say this. You know, to on, your credit, on, on. for many years oh. you've been saying on this show, Chicago, the biggest oh. threat to the black community oh. is the black community. Oh. Oh. And now... Mayor Lori Zombie Life. Oh, no. All of a sudden, she's running for like a re-election. Okay, Lori, let's give your your history of being the mayor. Hold on. Almost 2,300 murders since you were in office. Oh, my God. Over 9,000 shot on your time. Oh, as mayor. You want to be re-elected? You should be put in that movie, Walking Dead, because <laughs> you look like a friggin' zombie there, Lori Life. Where? Where is when these kids get shot, these young black kids across this country, you see little kids, four or five years old, shot on their stoops. Where is the outrage from all these people? All they want to do is come out of their little hidden uh, caves and come out whenever there's something negative against the police. That's right. And why aren't they demonstrating every day? Hyena, why don't you go to Chicago? <laughs> yeah, Miss Vice President. <laughs> Miss Vice President. <laughs> why aren't you in Chicago? I'm sure this weekend there'll be at least five or six shot dead. And I guarantee you, 
There'll be children shot. Oh, yeah. Why aren't you there? Not you just know? in Chicago, Philadelphia, too. And I'll take it a step further for your point, which is brilliant. You're very funny, but it's brilliant. Not just little black kids getting murdered in Chicago and Philadelphia. How about all the kids, white and black, that die every day in this country from fentanyl? When do you ever see Kamala Harris at a funeral for one of those kids? You know, and people don't understand. And I have a son, too. And I, I talk to young kids. You got to understand something. You're in a bar. You're having a Remember, we used to drink. Yeah. You're having a couple of drinks. Hey, Bo, you want a hit? Yeah, all that kind of crap. Now, if you take a hit, that might be the hit of your life, yeah. and you're going to die. Yeah. Actual pills. Actual, what do they call those? Uh, the, 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 the Perc- not Percocet. What's Percocet, the other crap? Xanax. Xanax. Yes. What they're doing, they're making them in Mexico. And, and now, all of a sudden, if they're dipping them into the fentanyl, put yeah. a little fentanyl. Yeah. But they don't know how much a little fentanyl will kill. That's why we have, this year, we'll have over 150,000 overdoses across this country. It's the biggest plague out there. And while I'm at it. I almost got hit yesterday. What do you I mean? almost got run over. By a car? No! By a little Mexican on a friggin' bike! <laughs> we have all Central Americans running around this city. Everybody's oh, no. a delivery man. I didn't even know there was that much to be delivered. Go, go, go out the street. You gotta watch both ways, not for oh, cars. For little Julio coming oh, out of the street. God. These guys can't even speak English. And all the delivery men. Oh, what are we delivering? Uh, what are we delivering? You're so right about and, that. And now they have the audacity. They put them in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful hotel. Three meals a day. <laughs> uh, a TV. Here's a metro card. I don't like it. I don't like it. You come from Guatemala and all these other places. And you don't like New York City. They're giving you a cot, a bed. You're probably sleeping on a friggin' log in weeds in Central America. Now America opens their arms for you. You don't like it? No. You don't like it? What the audacity? <laughs> well, but the problem is, we created these monsters. Joe Biden, your good friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, they created these monsters, no. right? No. When is Eric Adams going to do the right thing? And I, and I became funny like you have. you got to come out there and blast everybody if you're the mayor. I can't te- do this. I, te- I texted the mayor this morning. You did? I did. And I said to him, I think we should have a meeting again. I was with him a couple of weeks ago. I like it. I was explaining. And right now is the most important time right now. What I have is experience. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a guy who didn't walk the walk. I've locked up thousands of people and all that. I've never killed anyone. There are things that we could do. Get more intelligent cops on forces. Support them. Get them physically fit. Give them more training. Instead of defunding, we should fund more, (laughs) pay them more, and get a professional police department in there. They've lowered the standards. You know, in Memphis, you know what they did? They've lowered the standards. Right. You got five years as one of the freaking security guards that I have, and they go to Memphis. Now you're a cop. Here's $15,000 signing bonus. Now you're a cop. Oh, yeah, I'm a cop. Come on, guys. This guy didn't pull over. Let's beat him into another dimension. Why were you beating that poor man? Why you continuously beat him for 25 minutes? I felt the pain on that day. And you know what? You were right. Did I ever punch anybody when I was a cop? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. But I went through a career, like I said, where I never killed nobody. No, never. And, and the reality... Did you ever fire your gun ever? Never once, right? I fired my gun once, once. in South Jamaica during the riots. You know, uh, when Glover was shot over yes, there in South Yes, yes, yes. I fired. One guy fired at me five times. So what the, he was in front of a fire engine. So what I did was I fired over his head where there was no people. You missed him on purpose. No, right, I missed right, him because there right, were people around right, him. Right. And if I would have killed some civilians, I would probably be doing time in Attica. Right. My point is support for the cops. Now 
this, this, what's that word that we talk about when you could sue the cops? Uh, it's called uh, immunity, qualified immunity. Qualified immunity is going before the morons up there, that little jerk off uh, from the assembly, and the other woman with the scarves around her neck. Uh, Heasty and Stuart Cousins. Yes, that's the one. Yes, he's And then factors. all of a sudden, they want qualified immunity. <laughs> you start doing that, and right away, you know what you're going to have? Everybody believe it, but the biggest problems... To the black community, you know what it is? The black community. The black community is killing the they black kill community. themselves. And now you're not going to have cops that are going to be protecting you. No and way. you know what cops are going to do? If we were cops, you know what I'd look at you? I got, you got a nice house in Rockway. I got a yeah. house, whatever. Yeah. I'd say, you know, Sid, let's not get involved. Because nobody's supporting us. Right. We've got to support our good cops. This is such a small thing. Millions of interactions across this country. Millions. You have bad doctors, Sid. Of course. You have bad everything. These, four, these five criminals, they were gang members with badges and uniforms. They should go to jail forever. <laughs> and now, right now, we must, we must realize the biggest threat, I'll say it again, and I challenge anybody with these statistics, is black-on-black crime. Black-on-black crime. Not the cops killing the blacks. So stop the bull crap already. Let's get to it. So I sent my little text to the mayor. Yeah. I said, it's time that we meet. I will come back as an unpaid consultant. Did he get back to you? I, not yet. Not but yet. I, No, I was with him two weeks ago. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't want no money. I don't want no badge. I don't need <laughs> lights and sirens on my car. <laughs> I want to grab the powers to be about the training, what we could do. And I'll be damned if I get a cop there that can't run two blocks and looks like a, a, a fatty arbuckle. Uh, I see on them, though. But, Bo, I see those guys out there, fat cops. Uh, They're in terrible shape. And what about I hate to say it, some well, very short... Women cops, and how are they going to defend themselves? All right, a 115-pound guy, Sid, right. is going to come out to you and put a gun at you. What are you going to laugh at him? Imagine trying to lock him. Then what happens is they take the gun out, and the guy laughs at him. Laughs. And they know one thing. They take the gun. I'm just surprised. God forbid More what I'm saying. More cops don't die, right? I, I, yeah. God forbid yep. what I'm saying. Yep. I am shocked. Me too. I am shocked. Can I ask you a question? Yes, you can ask me A lot me of anything. people don't love Keyshawn Shul. Yeah. She's a police commissioner. So, like, Curtis Sliwe, your friend, for example, I asked him one day about it, and he goes, he thinks he'd be a better police commissioner than she would. And he would even welcome that position. I said, wait a second, you're not a cop. He said, you don't have to be a cop. Is no, that true? No, listen to me. I listen to people that walk the walk. On my podcast that I'm doing this morning. Which is a great podcast. One a, tough podcast. And that's it's great. Baudito's True Crime. Oh, True Crime. I'm, I'm sorry. going to have the most decorated detective of all times in the New York City Police Department. And I'm gonna Is he out of Brooklyn or Manhattan? Oh, hold on, he was out of the Bronx. Bronx. I met him years ago. And guess what? I think he shot 15 people, killed, <laughs> killed five. I'm not laughing about it. Probably, it will all justify yeah. okay. He's Jewish, right? He's a Jew. Yes! But he's got more tattoos than the tattoo man. Oh. Tough guy. The yeah. toughest Jew that you, you got to meet him. Yeah. He's got tattoos all, but he was one tough cop when he's on the street. And I remember he was a legend on the police department. Did you guys work the same time? Well, I was working the street crime. We used to work in a 401 up there. We used to cover it. Yeah. But Ralph Friedman's his name. Uh -huh. And he'll be on my podcast. We're going to ask some hard questions, too. Because in today's day and age, you know, if you want to do another movie about Bo Dietl or him, I don't know if it would, 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 uh, it would be. It wouldn't be. Unless you got a black guy that's flying around like a bat or <laughs> Some crap like that. You can't make a movie in Hollywood. Forget about cop stories. There is no hero cops anymore. Every cop is a brutalist. Every cop is bad. Every cop is corrupt. Yeah. Come on. You got people, cops out there that are working so hard to do their jobs. And you know what? The 
their families leave, see them leave at night. They're working overtime. Could they get paid less than fifty thousand dollars a year? You want a cop to do his job with yeah. a family making less than fifty thousand? Start and pay. That's bullcrap. Yeah. That's where we got to yeah. go. We got we, we we to professionalize this. them. And I call upon the mayor. Let's have a meeting, Mr. Mayor. Well, who's the meeting? It's just you and the mayor? Listen, I want... What about the great Mike Ruggiero? Okay, <laughs> Mike, listen to me. I like Mike. He's cool. Mike's a good guy. He's like Mr. Him. Wonderful, we yeah. call him. Because he cares about his hair, yeah, his eyes. Yeah. Mr. Perfect. He's more much a sexual than I am, yeah. I oh, yeah. Him and you will have big competition. <laughs> but the point is, we have to realize one thing. Yeah. Yeah. We need police reform. Police reform meaning pay them more money, get more professional. Yes. And you know what? And, and, and let them have the college degrees they're supposed to have. Let them be intelligent, smart, and in physical shape where you can fight with somebody instead of shooting somebody. I call on the mayor right now, and I'm going to text him too, to please do New York City a favor. And I mean this. Do New York City a favor. Take a man... That served in that capacity, just like the mayor did. But I would even say much more heroically, I'm sorry, Eric. Take a man like Bo Deedle, who's willing to give up his time. And he's not, he's not 30 anymore, okay? Give up his time for nothing. He wants to fix this city. If Eric Adams doesn't take you up on your offer, I'm going to be really now, disappointed. Now, here again, I do not want to be a deputy commissioner. I don't want to be a deputy. No title. Any, no title. I want to be a consultant because I said in my text, if you clean this city up, Mr. Mayor, be president. you could be president of the United States. 100%. And if it ain't a game, it's true fact. And when I leave here right now, I'm going to go on the floor. I'm going to do 85 push-ups for you right now, okay, <laughs> on my way out, okay? I will say this. I mean this. You still have the hardest arm. Why do you have it like that? Why is it like that? I take a lot of Viagra, okay? Is that true? You know, <laughs> listen to me. The truth of the matter is this. Yeah. When I was in high school, four hours a day, pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, squat thrusts, four hours a day. We were national champions in the Marine Corps physical fitness team. We competed at Quantico and all that kind yeah, of stuff. But, that, but how are you still like it now? Four hours a day. I know, but now When your still... body is being developed, you have fat cells, you have muscle cells. I knocked the little fatty cells out of me, and it just kept the, the muscle cells. Forever, for the rest yeah. of your life. Hold on, feel my butt. Come here. Feel my butt. Let me feel, let me feel. Oh my God, his butt is. Oh my God, what an ass. What the heck? Oh what? my God. Well, Why is it hard like that? Part of the body. But your, your arms and your everything is so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well that's <laughs> oh, nice. Get out. No, that's it. All right, but listen, <laughs> really, everybody, let's gross. support our cops out there. And please, hard. Mr. Mayor, <laughs> let's do it and get rid of these smoke shops. We're up to 1,500. Oh, let's you. get rid of Thank them. You. Thank you. I walk down the block, I see five on every block. Oh, my God. Bo Dito has a great ass. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. Oh, my God. A lot of other people said it. Welcome. <laughs> what a great segment. Welcome back with Dr. Mark I miss used to like it, though. I miss you. I'm sure, I my God. <laughs> That's the hardest thing I've ever felt. Feel <laughs> <laughs> <Through> my penis. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
I still can't get over Bo's ass. <laughs> I'm sorry, my God. And the 90 push-ups. Nice job, Bo Deedle. Man, I've seen a lot of things. That was outrageous. Outrageous. And <laughs> by, after yelling, after like yelling for 20 minutes and putting on a really good segment, my only fear is that uh, I don't want to lose him one day in here. But he, no. he's, he's really outrageous. He's great. Great job, Bo. We got uh, Sid's take coming up next. I want to talk to Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegel uh, was here uh, on with me a couple of weeks ago, and then I went and hosted Katz Matiti's show like two weeks ago. And then John and Margot very nicely invited me and Danielle for dinner because we're spending like $2,000 a week in food here in the city. It's killing us. It's killing us. And uh, Dr. Mark Siegel came to dinner with us, and he's a great guy. Yeah, I see that, Bo. Well, maybe next time you'll invite me and Siegel to Rayo's, and uh, we'll get that done. Bo, of course, is Mr. Rayos. Here he is, uh, the great doctor, Dr. Mark Siegel. Mark, how are you, pal? Yeah, and Bo's got to pay for that. But I, now that I know that your food bill is high, I'm going to have to take you out to dinner, and I keep promising the Nick games, and I'm looking over the date, so we're going to get going on that. But You're killing me. You're to- killing me. You, Corey Zelnick, four Nick games this week. The Heat tonight, one Saturday, one Sunday. The Nets on Monday. Gabriel is dying to go. We'd love for you to go with us. And uh, no Nick tickets yet this year, Doc. Very, very. Oh, we got no, no. It's you and Gabe is more more important than me and you. Oh, you're funny. I, 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 no, true. And I I enjoyed that dinner with you. Oh, uh, me way, too. Yeah, you were great. Way, I, yes. I got to start with the, the usual analysis or question on on the Knicks, which is, what do you think about Barrett being sat down? I mean, he's. I still think of him as a soft player. Do you agree? No, I think he's great. Um, I really do. Uh, Randall annoys the hell out of me. I know he can yeah. play. He's having an All Star season. And his numbers are great. But, uh, for example, I went to the Nets game uh, in Brooklyn against the Knicks on Saturday. My buddy Anthony Caron, Frank Caron's brother, gave me the tickets. And he went with us. And every time Randall gets the ball, I'm like, Gabe, watch this. No one else is going to touch the basketball. And he stands and holds the ball for seven seconds. The shot clock is down to ten. And Randall inevitably puts up a shot. Now, he scores a lot, no doubt about it. But I hate his game. I like RJ's game. I like Brunson's game. I can't watch Randall. I can't do it. So yeah, Brunson is a, is a shoot first, pass second point guard, but yes. he's phenomenal. And and by the way, I remember when Randall. Be careful with Randall. I remember when he looked. We were sitting under the basket, and he looked to see if you approved of him. So <laughs> that's right. That was fun. That was the night we moved down against the Pacers and sat next to Hall of Famer Michael Irvin. Yeah, he was. He he's a, and he also is a fan of yours. Yes. We, yeah. Yes, we've had a long relationship. He knows he you is. from Florida. He knows yes, from that's Florida. exactly right. Yes, and we did uh, enjoy you, Danielle and I. She loves you at that dinner with John and Margot. That was a lot of fun that night. But we've got serious questions here, Doc. Uh, two days ago, not two months ago, not two years ago, two days ago, this is great news, Joe Biden announced COVID is over. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Here- Here's how you know that that was a political announcement. He announced that it's over as of May 11th. Now, that's like saying, hey, you, virus out there, you're <laughs> over as of May 11th. I mean, <laughs> I mean what is that? It's so ridiculous. We, we all think that, it, you know, that it's been part of the, uh, of the public consciousness, that it's been part of it, it. It's something we've been living with for a while now. We, I even have a strategy down. I, I have different strategies for different people, but I for all diseases i have strategies for heart disease which kills a lot more people i have a strategy here's what you do you don't go with me and sit to the steakhouse you have some asparagus right right i have a strategy and and we've been there with COVID for a long time now finally 
Sleepy Joe is catching up, but he has to put a date in the future, which Weird. is politics. Right. You can't do that with, with, with diseases and viruses. It's, you know, they, they go when they go. And it's been, the truth is it's been gone for a while. Uh, at least I think so. You tell me, right. Dr. Mark Siegel, is COVID really still a threat? Well, it's a threat like anything else is. It's a threat like, you know, the flu is. It's a, it's a threat like RSV was. It's a threat like, you know, like I said, heart disease. I mean, it's something that we now have some some tools to handle and it's not getting worse and that's the problem with fear-mongering isn't it Sid? they said banging the drum we're gonna have another bad winter well there are there are people that are getting sick but nothing like what they predicted and they'll never announce on the other end your your attention please it wasn't that bad you're never gonna hear that it's just more and more fear-mongering you know what i'm fearful of to be honest is not really covid but 43,000 immigrants are living in New York City. And whether it's the Watson Hotel or the Brooklyn Terminal, wherever they are, none of those people are being vetted. None of those people are being checked for diseases or viruses. And God bless these people, the majority of which are probably fine people. I sound like Trump, but it's true. Uh, Who knows what they're coming to our country with? And nobody seems to care. They yell about COVID, wear a mask. You know, you can't work here anymore without a vaccination. Yet all these thousands of people are living among us, and we have no idea what they've got. I got a big response to this one. You, you and I probably only agree ninety six percent because I want to start with <laughs> Texas. And Texas, Texas is completely overloaded with health issues, public health issues, the hospitals, people getting hurt, drownings, infectious diseases. Yes, uh, malnutrition, dehydration, and then to wake up the blue states. You know, Governor Abbott is sending some of the migrants to other states saying, hell, hello, hello. And, and you know, of course, you're right that, that there's an increasing homeless population here. We happen to have a really good shelter system, by the way, compared to California, which is a complete mess with the homeless. But, you know, it's even worse than the migrants here in terms of public health risks. And you know what I'm going to say? It's the rats that are crossing the street. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you been out late at night? No, I, listen, I lived on 104th and West End for five years, and I had a two-block walk from 104th and West End to 103rd and Broadway. I'd leave at 4 o'clock in the morning. The garbage was piled up in the streets outside of every apartment building. And I'm not exaggerating. I would have to scurry through 10 rats, two-block walk every week. Now, the mayor... He realizes it. He says he's scared of rats. Curtis Sliwa actually offered to be his quote-unquote rat czar, kill these rats with feral cats. But everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. What do we do about it? Well, Curtis is going to hit them with bats. I know Curtis will walk <laughs> down the street with a big bat and he'll be I... smacking them. But I'm actually wondering, They have rats have teeth as strong as steel. No, I know, but, 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 how, but how many people, I know they do, and believe me, they scare the hell out of me. I jump up in the air and I scream and I move away. I see them at the four train every day too, but how many people actually get bitten by these rats? Not that many, but the problem is they carry diseases in their urine. They carry plague. They carry leptospirosis. By the way, you already got the, this is why I love coming on with you. You got the public health. It's tied in with the garbage situation, and that's what's got to be cleaned up. And let's not forget that two Republican mayors actually gentrified this city. I've been here a long time, as of you, as have you. I mean, when Giuliani was mayor, things got cleaned up. Yeah. Neighborhoods we never thought were going to be cleaned up got cleaned up. We're heading back in time in New York. No, you're right, Giuliani. And uh, the, I guess the second Republican you're going to say was Bloomberg, who, <laughs> conti- I guess. I'm not, sure in, yeah. not sure if Bloomberg 
is a Republican, but let's call him one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think change, but he did initially uh, uh, serve under that role, and, and he did a very good job the first couple of years, and he went completely berserk, but that's fine. You're right, those two guys uh, cleaned up the city, and now it just looks like between the garbage and the migrants and the homeless and drug use on the streets and uh, the crime and the subway, despite what uh, the mayor is telling us, and i become friendly with the mayor, I am... I'm losing my patience. I'm feeling less and less confident lately that this city is ever going to get better. And you just talked about something that's the biggest of all. This is, again, why I like being on with you. John Casmatidis, uh, the boss here, is, a, is very big friends with Ray Tierney, the Suffolk County DA. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Yep. Yeah, Ray is a great guy. And he's talking about the problem already drifting out to Nassau, Suffolk County now, which is, the fentanyl problem, I mean, forget about it. The, the drug problem is becoming huge. More mental health issues are tied in with that. And we don't have the personnel. We don't have the mental health providers to take care of this. We don't have the antidotes to this. More and more overdoses. This is, this is a huge problem. You know what I'm worried about with the fentanyl thing, Dr. Mark Siegel? Right now, it's basically illicit drugs, even marijuana. Uh, they'll, they'll lace it with, with fentanyl, certainly the cocaine, the heroin, those types of things. And now even pharmaceuticals, Xanax, maybe Oxys, Percocets. Here's my fear. I remember years and years ago when the Tylenol, some berserk guy in, in some place in the middle of the country, laced the Tylenol and people were dying. How do we know that eventually it's not going to be the, the guy in the street buying cocaine, but the mom at CVS who buys a product and that's not laced with fentanyl. By the way, I did a bit the other night about how some of these products are laced with insect parts. But in t- but speaking of speaking of fentanyl, that's already happening because, of course, the, the drug overlords don't give a damn. And you're finding it in in in, in rainbow fentanyl candy. It's available on online on social media. You think you're getting an Adderall, you're actually getting it with fentanyl. Mm. Kids are overdosing, thinking they're not even getting this. It's mm. not even. It's not even coming out of doctors' offices anymore. It's, it's wow. deliberate. Wow. By, by the way, what did you think of that penalty in the Bengals game? Uh, you know, our guys are huge Bengals fans. They they think they were robbed. What do you think? No, that was a penalty. I, I had the Bengals that day, and I mean, Mahomes was like five yards out of bounds. It was a penalty. It was a stupid play. And, uh, look, I thought the Bengals were the better team. I thought Cincinnati was going to win. But you got to give Mahomes credit. I mean, he's out there limping yeah, on yeah. one leg. Yeah. Should be a great Super Bowl. These are uh, two really good teams, and the Eagles have been the best team all season long. And we'll see what we get. But at any rate, once again, Dr. Mark Siegel, you were great. Check out February 25th, Saturday. We can go, go have a steak before, or you could take Gabriel, your choice. All right. I will. Mark, who are they playing that day? I can't remember. I'll, I'll send All right. it to you. We'll We're check in. it out. We're okay. in. We love you. Thank you, Dr. Mark. Okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Talk there he later. is, the great Dr. Mark Siegel. Check him out on Fox News. Not just a great doctor and a great TV guy, but one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet, I can tell you that. Boy. Now, it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take. Sid's Take, yeah. Good luck. It's Sid's yeah. Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. And he's just another. Oh, my God. Wow. I put a smile on my face, Lou. All right. I'll yeah. have to get with Libertini and tell Not me. as good as last Saturday's, I hope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. We're going to have to tack that on the end. Play the damn game already. I, hey. Okay, thanks, hey. Dad. 
It does. It says nowhere in my contract that I need to take orders from you, Phil. You're okay. Chewing gum. Yeah. You're supposed to be chewing gum while talking on a, in a microphone. You only know I'm chewing gum because you're looking at me. I can hear you. No. What's today's game, Justin? Three for Thursday, Phil. Uh, That's good. Yeah, That's I'll give uh, I'll give Ooh. three hints to our contestant Mark out in Rochelle Park. Rochelle, Rochelle, <clears throat> Rochelle Park. Are you chewing gum? So, uh, yeah, I'll give three hints to Mark, and uh, he'll tell me what I'm thinking of. Mark, what's going on, bud? Hey, how you doing, guys? How you doing this morning, all right? We're good. We're good. I just got to squeeze in the quick sponsor real quick. Again, the game sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You got to go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. Stay warm. It's getting cold out there, Mark. Mark, do you have a Peerless Boiler? No, I do not, but uh, my mom's in the market for one, so I think we're going to be making a phone call. Good. I'm glad. Pete Morgan will be looking out for your call, okay? I'll let him know. Call him. I'll let him know to look out for a call from Mark from Rochelle Park. Okay, You got it. Are you ready for today's game? Do you understand the the premise? Yeah, I think you're going to give me three hints, and I think you have to say what you're thinking about. Is that about it? That's about it. You don't have to think think that, Mark. You can know that because those are the rules. Okay, bud? I like it. Okay, here we go. Number one, Curtis Sliwa, Howard Stern, and Charlemagne the God. Morning radio host? I don't know. Radio host was the correct answer, but that works. We'll take it. One for one. Number two, your three hints. Soundgarden, Cindy Lauper, a tribe called Quest. This one I know because I listened this morning. These are nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice job, Mark. Pays to listen. It pays to listen, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Number three, Mark, off to a hot start. Two for two. Your three hints. Orbit. Bazooka and Hubba Bubba. <laughs> or, or what is uh, what is bubblegum? There you go. Spectacular. Wow. This isn't Jeopardy, Mark. You don't have to what phrase is? it like a question. You can just say okay. the, you can just say it. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil wrote it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three, three for three. You're perfect so far. And a number four. Wolf of Wall Street, Taxi Driver, and Casino. Martin Scorsese directed movie. Very nicely done, Mark. Oh, God. Ah, blowing me away on a Thursday morning. I'm on fire. You are on fire. Don't get uh, don't get your head too big here. Number five, Super Bowl 52, the 2021 NFL MVP race, and Giselle Bündchen. Are you done? <laughs> Who is the GOAT, Tom Brady? Ah, nope. Can't give that to you. The correct answer, while you were correct in part, would be things that Tom Brady has lost. Okay. Okay. You yeah. know what? All right. I'll give you that. All right. Hang out on hold, Mark. And uh, four for five is still a very good I game. Should, I, should, I should get four and a half. Nope. Can't give it to you. Half. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We're not very generous over here. It's in Friends of the Morning. We'll take it up with the committee. Yeah. Nope. I'll have to send this one. I'll have to send that appeal in, okay, Mark? People are uh, very happy that I pushed back on Adams this morning. I'm not happy about it. I didn't, you know. Okay. Because I'm I'm sincere about how much I like the guy. I want to succeed. In fact, you know, I'm going to text him today, but I just can't. Like I always say on this show, you can't show me cadaver cho- uh, p- uh, duty and tell me it's cadaver chocolate. Right. And the city right now is crap. It's not chocolate. It's crap. Okay. <laughs> so I'm upset about it. And now I want to eat chocolate. I just forgot about everything you said, and now I'm just picturing Godiva chocolate or, 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 or poop. Yeah, you know, really I turned down these uh, two Miami housewives who come into the show today. I said no to them, so. Oh, well, what does that have to do with Nothing, what you just previously said? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. But you're, now you're just... But the three guys from Jersey are coming in tomorrow. And yeah. they're bringing chocolate. Duty. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, duty. Yeah. 
<laughs> what the, okay. well, uh, the three clues is today's game? Yes. Yeah. And how many to get right to contest? He can win four for five. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. I got to get all five right to win. You got to show out. All right. Let's do it. Curtis Lewa, Howard Stern, Charlemagne the God. Retards. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, do it again now. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, hello. Can't say that. I shouldn't use that I shouldn't use that word. I'm sorry. It's not a nice no word. word. <laughs> I think the end of the show, you get a little too comfortable. Yeah. Oh, I just can't say that on here. Yeah. It's just not this nice. Time of the day, again, very, it's been a long day. There's right. a lot of I interesting know. topics. Yeah. A couple of minutes left. I'm going to say whatever that comes to my mind. <laughs> you do it again. Okay. Uh, Curtis Lee with Howard Stern, Charlemagne the God. Morning show host? <laughs> but he's not doing mornings, are nah, it's just the okay. correct answer is just radio host, okay, but fine. we gave we gave that to uh, the guy. You gotta put Curtis in there. I love yeah, Curtis yeah, more yeah, than yeah. I mean how about Amos? Alright. He's always dead. Oh, okay. yeah, that's true. Right, two. Number two, Soundgarden, <laughs> Cindy Lauper, a tribe called Quest. I keep saying Cindy Lauper's oh. name like that. Oh, yeah, why do you say Lauper? It's got a U in it, that's how you say it's it. It's Cindy Lauper. Yeah. But they're all uh, 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Two for two. Under number three. Or- Tribe Called Quest. That's a, it's embarrassing. Go ahead. What? Orbit. Bazooka. Hubba Bubba. Gum. Yep. Oh, I love uh, Hubba Bubba. Who doesn't? Three for three. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Taxi Driver. And Casino. My answer to the first question was still the best one, I think. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just can't what are, beat it. What, I know. what are those movies again? Wolf of Wall Street. Taxi Driver. Casino. Oh, I got to think about this. Oh, I got it. These are all Martin Scorsese movies. Boom. Very nicely done. See, De Niro came to mind, then Leo, mm-hmm. and you can't mix them, right. Scorsese. Right. The whole thought process we needed as well. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Shut up. Like, <laughs> dive a duty. They all like yeah. it. You know yeah. what I mean. Four for four. Yeah. On to number five. But to win the game, Super Bowl 52, the 2021 NFL MVP race, and Giselle Bunchen. You got to be careful uh, here. Be careful. No, it's it's some with Tom Brady, clearly. Super Bowl 52. Uh, what was the second one? The 2021 NFL MVP race. And Boonchin? And Boonchin. Um, Tom Brady. I, I, I don't know. Brady something. Things that Tom Brady has lost. Oh, my God. Very good. Damn. That is. You know, who did he lose the MVP to? Right? So I'm just curious. That was Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. one of the back to back. And was that 52? Was one of those the Giants? Those the Eagles. 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 Yeah. Wow, that's a great, that's a good one. Well done. Great game. Okay, we tied today. Me Woo. and Mark in Rochelle Park. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. So you show with this every day. Goodbye to you. That makes sense. Goodbye. Sorry, Bob Cornicelli and the rest of the listening audience, but we only pay me to do four hours a day. 
they'd be smarter to pay me for six or seven. But, but I love Brian Kilmeade. He's great. He is great. He's coming up next. And I got to go anyway. I got stuff to do. Uh, Phil's got to go to the dry cleaner. Yeah, that's today. the one thing. Yeah. Phil can go now. Phil can oh, go yeah, now. the thing about that is... Uh, <laughs> is, is, is you're leaving now to do uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to thank all our guests today. They were all great. And uh, you guys, as always, Lou Rafino, nobody better ever. Macedonia Phil becoming a huge star, deservedly so. Justin Ellick, great, great, great job. Deb Valentine, Noam Layden. Back again tomorrow morning with a huge show. we got great guests tomorrow again, including all the men live in studio, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Joe Tacopina, and more. So until your Friday show at 6 a.m. on this Thursday in New York City, from all of us to all of you, 